on the season is in the books a lot of soccer went down over the weekend a lot of soccer is about to go back down uh, this weekend and now only a couple weeks away from the start of college football yep. and then a couple more weeks away from NFL football and about two months away from NBA training camp so uh, <laughs> everything's starting to get started about two months away from uh, baseball playoffs too that's when we can start to get a little bit more excited about that but uh, first off let's get into the soccer uh, as it kicked off. Let's start out in the Premier League. Uh, interesting opening week. Um, yeah. Started out Friday, Man City, Burnley. I, I don't think the score shocked anybody, but uh, we saw Kevin De Bruyne, who we thought might not even play, go yeah. out, and they're saying it's probably a four to five month hamstring injury with maybe surgery on said hamstring. What do you make of Man City now? Well, he, he's already missed some time yeah. to this same hamstring injury, and I guess I don't know if they just misdiagnosed it or were hoping that it would just heal naturally, but it seemed like he just re-injured it really quick. It was like the 20th minute yeah. or something. He came out pretty early. Uh, so uh, I think it's I think it's a big blow. I think he's kind of the usually the guy that's in the driver's seat on this offense. Mm. He, he kind of directs and delivers, so... Um, they, they, they were fine without him in this one. Uh, I'll be interested to see how they do up against a little bit of tougher competition. Well, that, I think that's my question because now would be the time to grab value. Uh, now, that being said... Uh, I mean, their lineup is still yeah. pretty loaded. Uh, Timber just went out with an ACL injury for Arsenal, so that defense that we thought would short up now is like one injury away from uh, sort of towards the back end of last season when they were letting up goals. But you factor De Bruyne going out, Gundawan gone. Maybe that death's a little com compromised now. And I, I think if you said anybody on Man City that they probably couldn't lose, I think it would probably be De Bruyne. I think like even they could drop Holland and they'd probably be all right. They put yeah. Julian Alvarez in there. He'd get 35 goals and they'd do what they'd been doing and win. So I'm a little bit interested. Would you go hard after maybe... Uh, any of these other teams to sort of jump and uh, top Man City in the Premier League with a five-month injury like this. The problem is, as we'll get to, I, I don't think any of these other teams that we thought would be up there would impress us yeah, other than maybe Newcastle. I don't I don't know if City's going to really try to do anything major. I think they're going to trust that they've still got enough talent yeah. on this roster to kind of make through and get do, uh, get yeah. through. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But I, I agree with you why he's, why he's not, you know, the main – Getter on offense, he but he he sets everything yeah. up and, and he's, special he's, pass, sir. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so uh, they're gonna miss him, but we'll we'll see if they can navigate it through early. Uh, I, I don't see them making any moves. Yeah, Paqueta from uh, West Ham, who they were going after already before the De Bruyne injury, probably goes even more, and they probably have to chuck in another ten million dollars. But uh, I, I think I don't think I'd 
put anything right now. I didn't see anything where I thought any of these other teams totally impressed me. And we'll get to that because we'll shift to uh, Arsenal and Forest. Uh, you had them pretty heavy in your picks yeah. winning big. And uh, I think we both were sitting there sitting pretty. And, and then that I, I probably around the 70th minute. Forrest got that cheap goal, yeah. and then all of a sudden, <laughs> we're hanging on for dear life on yeah. if we're going to get a tie or not here. So what do you make of Arsenal's open weekend? I mentioned the timber injury. He left early in that first half. It's an ACL. Arsenal back to that defensive front line that was good for the you know first six months of the season, but that depth that they brought in with timber now if one of those other guys gets hurt you start plugging in guys who start giving up goals so what did you make of arsenal here opening week yeah first half they really impressed you know they came out 2-0 first half uh thought they looked good but uh when when forrest got aggressive there they got that one through uh arsenal was kind of hanging on and and it seemed like their mentality changed a little bit i I think they're gonna have to try to keep uh keep on the attack because like you said their defense is lacking and and it's gonna be trouble um this this is a team that could probably needs to make some moves to start filling some gaps yeah i i think that's where that timber injury hurts them because that was gonna solidify that back line and then if one of them got hurt then they go back to the back line that started the season and it just starts to fall. Uh, I, I didn't think Kai Havertz, uh, once again, did Kai Havertz things. Opportunities are created. Goals never seem to be finished with him. Yeah. It, if, if you were cutting a highlight reel, you'd look and be like, oh, that guy's pretty good. And then you look at stats, and well, it's like he has nothing every game. It's well, the same thing that was with Chelsea. They created quite a bit of shots in that yeah. game, I, I think. Uh, even in the second half, when Forrest was kind of climbing back in there, they were still creating some yeah. shots, but uh, they weren't finishing very yeah. well. Only opening week, so uh, we'll see if they can yeah. sort of deal with it. Um, probably nothing really on Forrest. I don't think either of us figured they'd go on the road and win. They're going to stay up if they can win home games, much like they did last year. Uh, let's go to Brighton Luton, because. Uh, I, we, I was talking to you about Brighton because y- you liked yeah, Brighton this That was one week, of my good winners. And I was sort of, I want to wait and see because they've sold so much. They held Casado out. Uh, we'll get to the Casado <laughs> nightmare, but he does end up going to uh, Chelsea. I wanted to wait and see it, what they sort of look like. Now, Grandin Luton is going to be fodder, I think. Uh, but Brighton looks pretty much the exact same as they looked last year. Yeah. Uh, make a lot of money off guys, bring in new guys, and they seem to be just a well-run machine. So uh, what do you make of Brighton? Can they once again sort of – I don't know if top four is reasonable. No. but I, I, I think, think top ten. I think top ten, and I think they could be dangerous and maybe climb into that top six. Maybe they can get in into the Europa League this year instead of the Conference League. Yeah, they're good at they're good at creating goal opportunities and and and, and playing aggressive. They don't they don't sit back and, and wait. So, uh, you know, take this week with a grain of salt. It was against yeah. Luton, who just moved up, and uh, I don't see them performing well in many games this year. So, uh, probably made. Uh, them look a little bit better, but I, you know, I, I liked Brighton last year. They, they really impressed and they seem to be keeping that momentum going this year. I, I feel like that's going to be one where I see uh, the line for that game when I'm going back and checking history and I'm going, why didn't I put like $10,000 on Brighton this yeah. weekend? What was I thinking? But uh, nonetheless, Brighton looked uh, 
as good as they always have for the last couple mm-hmm. years. Uh, this one was interesting. Newcastle Villa, I know we were both huh. excited to sort of <sighs> see this. Uh, pretty even game uh, for 50 minutes, and it, it looked like Villa just dropped dead because Newcastle just started yeah. running through them and punching in well, we goals. To, I think we got to 1-1 in the first 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah, your under <laughs> was yeah. dead pretty quick there as goals were flying in. Uh, I I was pretty heavy on this Newcastle mm-hmm. team, uh, futures-wise. What do you make of this Newcastle performance? Can we lump them in there with maybe where they could challenge City? Because I thought they looked probably the best of yeah. all these top-tier teams yeah. uh to start off the year. I mean, I know it's only week one, but uh, if they continue performing like that, I mean, count me wrong from our, mm-hmm. our preview show because uh, this Newcastle team proved that they can compete with the top dogs. Yeah. Not only finish top four like they did last season, but make a push for number one, uh, which, you know, looking forward this next week, we're yeah. going to have a good one. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I'm... I'm curious to see. I'm interested if Villa, like I said, they were playing with Newcastle for the first 50 minutes. Uh, The Tyrone Mings injury is tough. Once again, they had bought some guys to build depth on that back line. First game out, they lose a center back, so then that depth already gets tested, and now you're in trouble if one of those other guys, uh, you know, on the center line goes down. Villa's got to, they've got to be able to, you know, move move forward. I was going to. Do you? I don't think this is. Do you knock Villa down, or do you think they'll still be in this top eight, top six sort of mix? I still think they can be in this top eight, top six. I mean, they just went up against who we think could contend for the best in the league. So, um, and they like you said, they hung hung with them for a little bit, and but once things got out of control, they just kind of lost it. I think the score makes this look uglier than what it was. I think that sort of Um, five one didn't quite do it justice. Now that last. 20 minutes they were running free, but I don't know how much that, that was Villa just sort of packing it in, going, we're in a bad place right now. Let's. But, yeah, this this is where the coach has got to get the players just to kind of move on from this week and, and move forward and, and start fresh in week two. All right. So let's move to our fun one. Brittany Tottenham. Uh, Kane got sold right, uh, you know, two days before. but yeah, uh, We kind of uh, saw that coming. Yeah, we sort of saw that coming, but you never know with Tottenham. Uh, they, we might think he's sold, and the next thing we know, he's signing a new five-year deal. We'll get to PSG and their crazy mad striker here in a bit. Uh, it, I will say it was more fun to watch Tottenham mm-hmm. than it's probably been uh, you know, since I, I basically introduced you to them uh, three or four years ago, I, I I brought you in probably right on the cusp of uh, the Pontentino era, who's now at Chelsea, uh, when they were fun, high flying, scoring goals, and then you got a lot of Mourinho and uh, Conte, uh, which was basically win one zero on a penalty. Yeah, <laughs> sit back and uh, see if you can grab one goal. The problem is Tottenham gets it back. Uh, their defense still wasn't good. Atrocious. Uh, uh, I think I told you if, if Ivan Tony had been there, I I think he would have gotten a, a couple more than we saw. They're they're very lucky that uh, Brentford only got the two yeah. goals. Uh, but I, I I tell you what, I was really impressed with uh, Madison's play. I I don't feel like this Tottenham team was missing Kane like at all. Uh, it was all on the defensive yeah. side that they they. Looked horrible but their offense like you said they were moving crisp uh players were kind of everywhere uh I, I did notice and i kept texting you during the game you know sun didn't really make 
make much of an impact in this game. Uh, and he ended up coming out early, uh, well, early-ish, I said, yeah. like the 60th minute, something like that. Well, uh, I had read I, uh, that uh, this coach, uh, the Aussie guy who was at, he tends to work guys real hard at this rate and, and then pull pull them. He always uses all five as a sub. So I think if you're gambling on, uh, like, scores, that yeah. might be something to look at where, uh, you know, he, he uses that front line up of Kolashevsky's son, Richarlson, and then maybe... 60 70th minute he starts to pull those guys to get fresh legs up there so maybe there's a lot of interchanging up there so i think the value is still good at the two to ones on those guys but if they stop start dropping below that yeah that value might not be there because you aren't probably going to get 80 90 minutes out of these guys you might be getting 60 to 75 minutes out of these guys uh, i thought britford looked pretty good uh definitely you know, you see the miss of Ivan Tony, but I, I thought they played Brent for football. They look how they usually mm -hmm. look, capable of beating top-tier teams. Probably not going to be in that top six, but uh, certainly probably a top-10 Premier League team uh, yeah. this year. Oh, do you think Tottenham can make a play into that top four with this? I think they're still missing a midfielder. Now, uh, Betancourt will come back, who got hurt towards the end of the year, to take up for that skip. You don't know how he's going to return. But, I, I, you know, you, you talked about how good Madison played. Uh, I thought the front line was at least moving around, although they, yeah. they didn't finish. Uh, but I, I, they seem to be missing a midfielder, and I, I'm, I'm worried what's going to happen, like if they play a Liverpool or a yeah. Chelsea those goals are going to start pouring in, or even we just talked about Brighton. Like, what would Brighton score on this well, Tottenham team? Well, here? well, the problem is, is you know, I'm pretty sure Tottenham had 85% possession in that game against yeah. Brentford. But the problem was, is every time Brentford got a chance, yeah. it was a goal-scoring opportunity almost every time they got the ball. So, uh, I just, I don't think the more talented teams are going to miss on those yeah. opportunities. The other thing I, I thought, you know, that... The goalkeeper was better for Tottenham than last yeah. year, but I I thought he was a little wild and crazy too. Now that, you know, that was his first Premier League start. You know, he could have been a little more juiced up, but I, I'm not 100% sold they've solved the goalkeeping issues yeah. as well. So I just I find it hard to, you know, you go through the top four to six teams. Yeah. You know, is Tottenham going to be able to beat them in something, you know, I mean, Tottenham's going to have to get three to four goals yeah. to beat any of those top five or six teams. Otherwise, it's it's going to be massive. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of overs. Yeah. I well, think, I think at least until they start getting juiced. Uh, we, <laughs> we did decent I, on them last week. We got the two and a half and the three and a half. But I'm curious if that two and a half starts going in like the 170 yeah. uh, type range, and then it becomes a little harder to <laughs> grab it. Um Let's move to the big game on that Sunday, Liverpool-Chelsea. Um, I, I, it sort of looked as the same teams as last year. Liverpool can get just hammered on that counter with fast guys behind. Uh, you know, if Jackson finishes on a couple, if Chilwell isn't, you know, a, a hair off sides, Chelsea's scoring two goals. You flip that around, Salah was, taken away. I mean, literally uh, the hairs on his head off sides. And they go up 2-0, and then maybe they run away with it. Were you impressed with Liverpool or, or Chelsea here? 
I, it, I would, it looked as similar to what last year was for both these teams to me. I was a little bit more impressed with Chelsea yeah. than Liverpool. Liverpool looked very much the same that they were last mm-hmm. season, but I thought Chelsea was a little bit more um, aggressive, yeah. I thought. Um, you know, they only got the one goal, but I, I thought it was a good outing for them, yeah. and, and I think they'll be happy with the draw against Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, the big thing hanging out over this was uh, Moise Casado. Uh Really had offers from both teams to be bought uh, from Brighton. Uh, Chelsea ended up going to uh, like 150 million American dollars to get there. And I will say that once again, I think this is probably a theme through a handful of these teams. It, it seems like everyone's missing a midfielder. It seems Chelsea got their midfielder here. Does that bump them into like real top four contention here or? Where you're still a little worried about who's scoring goals. I will say I thought Sterling was mm-hmm. awful. They got to put Mudrick in there. Uh, I mean, Sterling was great for a period of time, but I mean, he just didn't do anything. And as soon as they put Mudrick in there, they started having that fast wings with him and Jackson and flying up the sides. And I, I just, I think this Casado thing makes me think Chelsea. Mike could be a little bit more of a player than what I saw from Liverpool here in the top four, but I still don't know who's scoring goals. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think you have to look at it, you know, which team's more satisfied with the draw in this one. It's definitely Chelsea. Um, and I think, you know, we both caught Liverpool's probably yeah. right there, top four on the edge. Um, so, you know, being able to hang with them, I don't know if it gets them to that very top tier. Uh, they're going to have to generate more goals, but I, I thought they, it was decent. Yeah. And we'll see how they do moving forward. Because, uh, I mean, even if you look at Chelsea's goal, it was because a ball fired in there and then came off the defender's shin and went in. I'm interested to see if any uh, anything comes up on uh, Chelsea's spending. Yes. Uh, what they've done the past year or so. There's some teams that are not happy and are trying to dig up or create uh, dirt on, on Chelsea to get, get them in trouble. The other bit. thing I was a little curious with, Liverpool, I... I, I I, I know depth's important, but I feel like they have too much up top. Like, yeah. I, I mean, Nunez didn't get the start. Jota got the start. He got the goal. So, and that's sort of what Jota does. It, you never love him, but he always seems to come away with a goal every game I watch. And, and you know, they put Diaz up there. They put Salah up there. Nunez came off the bench. Uh, you had uh, Gakpo, which we thought dropping back into the, the midfield. Yeah. It just seems like they have a lot of sort of forward scoring thinkers. Uh, you know, Salah got pulled out and was a little pissed off, but, you know, that's always going to happen. It, it just seems like they have a lot of guys to play sort of three positions up front. And I, I, well, and even the guys that, you know, like Gakbo and stuff, they pulled back to midfield. Yeah. They're not playing like midfielders. Yeah. They're that's, playing like the forwards up front. That's what got me nervous is, <laughs> I, I mean, it's nice attacking and they will probably thrash any of these, you know, low level teams. Mm-hmm. But you, you saw it with Chelsea. You, you just have, I, I mean, the new guy, McAllister coming in there he's not really a defensive midfielder i think that's why caicedo was so important we'll see if they can pick one up before the transfer yeah. deadline it just seemed a lot of people were getting there at their back line yeah it's like you said they're going to go in against these weaker teams they're going to destroy them 
you know, and it's going to give them a false confidence, and then they're going to go up against a Man City, yeah, and or and, and just get destroyed because see those open lanes. Yeah, there and we're like, oh, okay, all right, let's move to Monday's game. I, I think this was well. This one cost well, me some money. We'll get to Barcelona and Tafe oh, yeah. uh, as a disappointment, but there were other factors there. Uh, this factor actually <laughs> sort of helped us this officiating disaster, but uh, Manu Wolves. Um, it's a good thing I didn't get on the uh, show because uh, after we talked about our futures, Wolf's coach quit, and I was like, because uh, I had them maybe climbing into the top ten, yeah. and then their coach quit, and they brought in the old Bournemouth coach who got fired for some reason we aren't quite sure. Somehow managed to keep that team up last year and lost yeah. his job. But Kudos uh, to Wolves. They fought hard this yeah, whole match. Uh, they looked good because yeah. I was sort of out on them thinking they might be in relegation and they might come back and need that point. Uh, Manu looked basically exactly like Manu did last year. It's yeah. sort of they didn't give up goal. They found a way to get one, and that was sort of the game and got a call where the goalkeeper basically got to uh, just take out two guys and not have to play the ball, and yeah. the penalty was called. But. Yeah, definitely got away with a bad call there. So bad that the, the <laughs> officiating crew was out uh, for week two. It's okay. They only screw Brighton and Wolves out of points, not Man U. But, you know, I just Man U's lack of, lack of finishing, uh, you know, I saw a lot of opportunities, a lot of open drives to the goal and, and just couldn't finish. And, and, you know, they kept Failing to finish, failing to finish, failing to finish. Wolves got confident, and then all of a sudden it was, can we hang on? Yeah. And, and uh, this, I think this match definitely should have been a draw. Yeah. And, the, I mean, speaking of midfield, I don't think they're short midfielders, but they have sort of a little bit of the same problem as Liverpool. They have a lot of midfielders who want to uh, go forward, and it was basically just leaving Casemiro. Yeah. On an island, trying to stop like three wolves guys flying down the field, and I, I don't know if you can play Fernandez and Mason Mount, and then have Ganacho and Anthony on the wing and Rashford up front. Now this all might change when Hoyland, uh, you know, who's hurt right now, who's a striker they bought, you move Rashford yeah. back out to the wing where he's more comfortable because I mean he looked lost up front playing yeah. striker up there. He's certainly not going to remind anybody of Erling Holland. Maybe they get a little more balanced once Hoyland gets up there, but I it looked much the same as last year to me. That they got the win, which is what they did last year. Yeah. A lot of ugly wins, but three points is three points. But do you, uh, do you read more into good fight from Wolves or bad performance from Manu? Uh, Manu seems to be what they are, so I think it's just one of those teams that probably better play in on the counterattack, which it might be one of those things where they struggle more with a team like Wolves, where Wolves will give you the ball and say, we'll hit you on the counter. And then when Manu plays some of these top-tier teams who are going to hold the ball, and then they can hit them on the counter, they look a little better than they do. So I, I, I'm sitting Manu's going to be what they are. It's yeah. probably going to be a battle between fourth to sixth. I don't I don't see them as jumping into that contender territory, whereas I think Newcastle might jump in there. Arsenal's already there, and I think them see them more in the Chelsea-Liverpool, Man United. We'll see what these sort of teams that look a little off Well, I, I think there's going to be a big cluster there between the fourth position and, like, 
the eighth, eighth I, where it could depending be, on what villa where sort it could of be looks just like. a handful of points difference between yeah. moving up to the fourth spot to the eighth spot that's uh, going to be quite the cluster there I yeah think. definitely so all right let's move to liga <laughs> there are if you want fun scoring games yeah. go to liga uh like i said that monaco claremont foot game was great but uh the one game that wasn't great and uh i watched some of it i could not watch all of it because uh, it was just a brutal football game uh psg played l'orient to a zero zero tie missing Uh, some stars i guess uh, magically mbappe was invited back to the team yeah all of a sudden they were ready to have him back and uh i I guess extension talks are are now in session (laughs) so uh psg back to normal once Mbappe gets in there or is this just going to continue to be sort of a a weird season because uh in our futures I said there might be a spot here where you can grab a couple of those other French yeah. teams and see if you can get good value because honestly PSG looked like nobody wanted to play well, football you on know Saturday. even if they do bring Mbappe back he's not really happy yeah. there uh we'll, we'll see how he performs but you know Neymar's gone, uh, so I, I I don't know. This could it, it's a little too early to hit the panic button, but if it doesn't, the switch doesn't flip when Mbappe comes back, then you hit the panic yeah. button. We'll see how they score. I guess next week Mbappe will be back. See how that looks, but uh, I I'd throw a couple on a handful yeah. of those French futures just yeah, to they see. They probably haven't moved much yet. If, uh, now I don't think Mbappe is going to go anywhere. Uh, we'll get to the, you know La Liga here in a second, but with Melitao's injury and um, you know Real's goalkeeper going out, they probably got to buy now a center back and a goalkeeper. So I think that's sort of also where yeah. you know Mbappe's team sort of went. Well, we're screwed now because they aren't going to be able to pay for us. So it's let's play out this season and, and see what goes down here uh, with Real Madrid, but. From what I saw, it it will have to be a lot of Mbappe goals to at least be in there. Now, he can bring a lot yeah, of goals, now, but he doesn't also have Messi sitting yes. over there. Now, uh, Dembele's coming, but yeah. Dembele misses five months every year. So, <laughs> you know, if the Kulamani from uh, Germany, and we'll get to the Bundesliga preview, ends up there, and you give me Mbappe, Dembele, and Kulamani. Now we're talking a little bit more yeah. of a frightful front line, but right now I think I'd grab a handful of those French futures. I mean, yeah. it was just three years ago that Lil ended up winning the French league. So if it's one of those things where PSG doesn't really care, you're getting really, really good value there. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move to La Liga. Uh, we'll get to the futures later. La Liga season kicked off. We had to miss last week due to uh, some illness. We did get our pick show out, though, yep. but uh, uh, Friday, Valencia, Sevilla, two teams you think probably are going top four. I, I watched uh, a little bit of this game because I had money on Sevilla. I thought they'd be better than they were last yeah. year. Uh, they were not. They looked... Somehow they win Europa League games, don't win La Liga games. I, I granted Valencia a, a solid middling sort of uh, top tier team, but uh, I, I think I'm going to have to drop this Sevilla thing pretty early. Just sort of a, a dreadful game. Defense wasn't great. Offense was hot and cold. I I just I didn't see a lot of good life out of Sevilla. Here. Yeah. 
All right, uh, Real Sociedad, Girona, speaking of going through the motions. Now, I did win my Kobu to score bet, but uh, Real Sociedad, tough start to the year. Um, I I'm curious here. Uh, they they made that push into the Champions League spots. If they can do this again, team pretty similar. They brought in a couple more guys, but uh, you know, one one draw at home first Girona uh, doesn't really tick things off to me. Uh, and, and we'll get to my futures here. I think there can be a couple teams in there that might take their spot, especially once Champions League starts uh, messing with Real Sociedad and playing yeah. with that depth. It's not a team that's used to playing two, three times a yeah, week. Yeah, they'd, they'd be going, you know, what, Wednesday, Saturday, yes. Wednesday, Sunday, yes. Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, from, and that's yeah. a... And yeah. trust me, Real Sociedad isn't getting the beneficial schedule that Barcelona <laughs> and yeah. Real Madrid get. So not off to a great start there, 1-1 home, uh Real Sociedad usually pretty solid at home. Uh, who did get off to a, a, a good start was Real Madrid 2-0. Nice win at Athletic Bilbao. Was bad. Militao blew out his ACL <laughs> a day after Corchaw blew out his ACL. Yep. I, I'm curious here, how dangerous do we start to get here with Real Madrid? I mean, they have five midfielders who are probably five of the ten best in the world. You still got Vinicius, you got Rodrigo, but Benzema gone, Militao gone, Cortel gone. Like three of the four of your spine is gone here. Do we panic quite on Real Madrid yet? Uh, not to mention the whole coaching situation where the coach is already not coming back. He's already coaching Brazil in 2024. So do we worry Real Madrid or do we sort of wait till this window closes and see what they bring in? To yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of moves they make to shore this thing up. Uh, they're going to be right there. I mean, they're usually far away, the front runners. I mean, it's going to take a big drop off. Uh, but those there's about three teams behind them that could make a solid push. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, they did get the goals. Uh, Bellingham came in there, got a really good goal. I, I can't say enough. I thought uh, Jude Bellingham played, you know, great. And, you know, like I said, that midfield probably has five <laughs> 15 10 best midfielders in world soccer right now. Now, granted, you can't play your whole team in the midfield, but, you know, with those two and Vinicius and Rodrigo out there, uh, I just do wonder about goals. They found two, and maybe that's what they do. That's sort yeah. of been – they find two goals, shut down on the defensive end. It'll be – they bring in Kepa from Chelsea. You know, I, I don't want to – not a world beater, but – solid enough I, i'd say i'm curious what they do along that uh sort of center line uh they have enough to sort of hold steady win every game 2-0-2-1-1-0 sort of like what real madrid does but uh it, injuries are starting to pile up there uh villa real real betis two of those teams we were talking about who could climb into that top four real betis sort of a down year last year yeah. came out <clears throat> good win on the road, uh, it's sort of what I wanted to see from Sevilla. I saw from Real Betis and got that win 1-0 at Villarreal. So uh, maybe Real Betis back into sort of uh, playing their way into one of those top four positions. Yep. And then we'll uh, get, uh, well, I think this game really probably. cost us a ton of money. <laughs> I thought there'd be scoring at least and 
Barcelona wouldn't fall into Hetafe's tactics, which basically, I, I don't know quite where to blame. It probably lies a little piece here. The ref basically had zero control from the start as Hetafe was just clotheslining people from the beginning of the game on. Uh, but then Barcelona reacted. Offense went in the tank, certainly for the first uh, 60 minutes. Yeah, it didn't get <laughs> balanced back until they evened out the red cards yeah, there. And, uh, and even and then, then it's just yellow, yellow, yes. yellow. And well, Granted, Barcelona could have gotten that penalty. I, I thought we end. had a penalty at the end. I'm uh, still a little confused. Handball. Uh, do we go? I only saw like one replay <laughs> and then they ended the coverage. So I, I, I thought we were going to get a shot there to get the win. Oh, uh, I had a parlay with just <laughs> all I needed was a Barcelona win. Uh, I had the money line. Last leg of the parlay would have hit maybe some money in. But no, I got that yeah. atrocious disaster that that game was. So, I think this goes into a little bit of the Man U question. We saw Barcelona last year, yeah, and it just wasn't a Barcelona team that, you know, basically anybody who's watched them play for the last 25 years is used to, which last year was not. It was a lot of 1-0s, 2-0s type gross, and this looks similar. Is this going to be a continuing thing here where it's sort of like Man U? Where it's just going to be one O's, two O's, see if they could get Le- Lewandowski on the end of a. Because that's basically what this game was. Lewandowski yeah. had like two chances. He, he had a one really solid chance, missed the header. And I think that was pretty much all their opportunities. I, yeah. I mean, I didn't see a ton. And so is Barcelona going to be this Barcelona from sort of last year where we need to bail on Barcelona goal overs pretty quick. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking bail already, uh, just one weekend. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know if this Barcelona could hang top four. Yeah, I I think they'll be all right, uh, but I'll get to it in my futures. I didn't like the way they looked. No. Uh, now, they seem to have some shuffling on the midfield. The defense still looks solid, which as long as their defense is solid, but goals are becoming... A more and more problem. <laughs> it's like if Lewandowski doesn't score, yeah, they do not score goals because no one seems capable of scoring goals uh, for Barcelona other than Lewandowski. That said, Hitafe, tough place to go. They do what they do where they basically have a lot of big dudes who rough you up, uh, and if you fall into it, you usually get a 0-0 zero, zero, yeah. uh, type result. So it'll be interesting to see if Barcelona can open up that offense a little bit. All right, let's, before we get into our football, I got some futures left. Syria and Bundesliga open up this week, and we didn't get to our La Liga futures. Uh, but on that, we were talking about a couple things. Uh, I'm going... On league winner here, Atletico Madrid. I'm going to put two units on plus eight to one. Weekend. That that's. I thought they looked good. They seem to have their little. They uh, started a little slow. I, I should say, they're like Hatafe with good players, <laughs> which when they're physical like that and they're trying to defend, they no longer seem to want to be this team that plays open. Diego Simeone never wants to play open, so they seem to have the roster back to what Atletico Madrid does. I like that 8-1, to one. especially we talked about it. Neither of us liked the way Barcelona looked uh, this 
weekend. Real Madrid's injuries are starting to pile up. There were already sort of questions. How are they going to score goals without Kareem Benzema? Doesn't look like Mbappe's coming. So yeah. I, I liked that 8-1. to one. And what I liked even more was league winner without Madrid or Barcelona. Minus 155 for Atletico Madrid. I have a five-unit future on that one. I really, really like that one. Yeah. I, I, I watched a lot of these teams. I talked about Sevilla. Didn't look like they were in the class of Atletico Madrid. Uh, you know, Villarreal, Valencia, always eh, eh. And then Real Sociedad, we mentioned their 1-1. <laughs> one, one. It might be an overreaction, but, uh, I mean, I don't think anyone's in this top three. We talked about Real Betis. They were the one from a couple years ago that were moving up until last year. So I really like that 155. I think you're getting really, really good value mm -hmm. on that. couple top four bets, Real Betis, I mentioned, plus 550, uh, a top four, two units on that one. Osasuna, I always like their offense, and maybe if a couple of these teams fall back, especially a couple of them, we mentioned Real Sociedad, playing Champions League and stuff like that, not used to it. Maybe Osasuna climbs in there, two units on a 10-to-1 on that one. And then, uh, just to cover my bets here, <laughs> minus 350 Atletico Madrid, five units on that to cover those two, balance out the yeah. books. I, I think I, lock top four. That's what I would find it very, very very hard to believe Atletico Madrid drops out of the top four. So I, I think that's at minus three fifty. You're getting actually decent. I know it's a juice, but yeah. it, it put it this way: Real Madrid and Barcelona were in territory where you couldn't take it, and this was much lower. And I know they started last year slow, but ever since that midway point after the World Cup, they've. They actually yeah, they've looked better than they, Real and yeah, Barcelona. They've probably been playing the best of the three. And it was just three years ago that they won the league. So I don't I think that relegation, uh this one was made before the weekend's play. Uh <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a play on Almeria to beat Ryu Volcano. I thought Ryu would drop out the coach left. They sold a lot of players. I you know, it's a very, very small club that's been sort of punching above their weight to, mm -hmm. to their great organization. Uh, but <clears> then they go into Almeria, win 2-0. And so this one doesn't look as great. But uh, plus 500 on relegation, Ryu Vagano, two units on that one. And then top goal score, I got a couple on that one. I mentioned Kobu. He's been on fire basically since about February of last year. Got another goal, 100-1 to one on that one. Now, granted... Lewandowski yeah. probably uh, is that one. But then I was curious about Rodrigo at 23-1. to 1. Somebody's going to have to score goals for Real Madrid. You probably think Vinicius, but, I mean, you if you watch that game, Vinicius just isn't comfortable going into that inside. He yeah. wants to stay on that wing, which is going to limit his goals. He's going to get his 15 or so goals, but he's more of a habit creator than a goal scorer. Rodrigo looks a little bit more comfortable coming from the outside and going in. Uh, you might want to grab Jude Bellingham because he seems to be the one, but I don't know if it, you're even capable of from that midfield spot of getting that many goals. Uh, so I, I Rodrigo, 23-1 to one on that one uh, for La Liga Futures uh, for me. All right, uh, Serie A Futures. This one's starting off... <laughs> I don't have any futures prepared for these leagues, yes, so Shane's having to run through these. So. We're going to have to run through these. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still working on getting deeper into the, my soccer knowledge yes. here. Where he's EPL, and then we 
branch from there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, top goal score. There are a couple in here. Uh, granted, this is a little bit uh, more open than you'd think, but uh, Nazola, uh, who just went to Florentina, uh, probably will play striker there. Uh, had 13 goals last year uh, for Capicolo. Uh, Something like that. Cala cow. Oh, uh, but he's a big time striker. He's athletic. Florentina, always a high scoring team. Yeah, I, I like that uh, ability. You get a lot of goals in Syria. Yes. Yeah. So at 41 to 1, decent value, half unit on that. Skamaka, who uh, went from uh, Syria to West Ham last year. Uh, West Ham decided they didn't like playing young, new people. So he's back in Syria at, at Atlanta this year. If he can secure that spot at uh, that striker position at Atlanta, Atlanta always a team who can score goals, play a high tempo. 30-1 uh, to 1, I think is pretty good value there. Now the tricky thing is we mentioned it with like Tottenham where same style uh, of sort of play here where he might play – 60 minutes, he might play one half. <laughs> Coach tends to rotate his front-line guys so yeah. they can keep that pace and pressure up, but they do get goals. So uh, uh, Skamaka there, 30-1. to one. And, and then uh, Bully Di, who plays on Salteria. Uh, basically, if they score goals, he's the reason they score goals. He ended up third last year with 15 goals. So, I, I mean, at 35-1, to one, I think you're – Pretty good value there, especially with Syria. A lot of these teams just don't have that, uh, like, killer striker other than Napoli and Victor Osserman. Yeah. And if Osserman gets hurt or, you know, there's still a month left, if some stupid team offers Napoli, like, $250 million, which, uh, you know, we just had a defensive midfielder go for 150 yeah. So, you know, uh, he might not even be in the league. And then this becomes wide, wide open. But... Or if he gets hurt, which he's, you know, he's always been one who gets a little bit banged up. These might be decent value plays here, yeah. especially for teams that traditionally score uh, a lot of goals. And if you look at Inter, uh, you know, they don't technically have a striker right now unless Lukaku comes back into the fray. Juventus seems to be rotating through about uh, uh, 50 different people uh, along their front lines. Same with uh, AC Milan. So I just, I think there's some value there on some goal scorers. Uh, outright winner, Milan, 4-1. to one. I like what they did in the offseason. I know they lost a couple defensive midfielders, but I, I really, really like Milan at 4-1. Uh, to one. And uh, Roma, 11-1. Uh, to one. Not a big bet on it, but uh, maybe Jose can work some magic here. I think... Uh, this Serie A this year. Probably mm -hmm. eight teams that are all wide really, open. Really, really tight. I don't know if all eight can win it. It's probably more like five or six, but I I think you decent long shot, four to one Milan, eleven to one Roma, top four at Atlanta at two fifty, and I mentioned Florentina at eight to one. Really, really like that one. And then relegation, uh Hellas Verona plus one fifteen, two units on that. They've sort of been each year, they get worse and worse and worse, and they barely scraped by yeah. last year. I think they're sitting right there in the relegation zone at uh, plus 115. So two units on that one. All right, now we'll go to the Bundesliga. All right, to the Bundesliga and some Bundesliga futures. I, I'm 
I got a couple I really, really like here. Uh, we'll go to top goal scorer. A couple of guys I like. Um, Timo Werner, uh, I, I thought, played great in that game over the weekend at, at plus 850, uh, you know, right before he went to Chelsea. He led the Bundesliga yeah. in scoring. So 850 on that, half unit on that one. Kulamani, uh, who, if he stays at Frankfurt, uh, seems to get better and better and better. He might actually be the best striker in there other than Harry Kane. So I, I think 850 on that one. He could get into that 20 goals. Uh, you know, Bundesliga, only 18 goals was the goal-scoring leader last year. So uh, I, I think that... He can get to that 850 half unit on that. Uh, and then we're going to go with uh, a pretty easy one. Payne, <laughs> I, I was shocked, is only minus 200 to lead the Bundesliga in goal scoring. Maybe they're thinking it's going to take time to gel. Uh, but like I said, 18 goals led last year. Yeah. Harry Kane gets 18. He'll get that many penalties. Yeah, in, in a bad, <laughs> certainly for Bayern. Now, uh, I'll get into my thoughts on Bayern. I'll bring you in on this because I'm curious your thoughts because you do follow probably the second one you follow is the Bundesliga mm -hmm. the most here. But Harry Kane minus 200, I, I couldn't pass up that value because they're just, I mean, he's 30 goals well, for Bayern that, Munich, easy. That move says they want to win Champions yes. League. Uh, so four units on Harry Kane minus 200, cover those other two guys. And, uh, you know, basically these three are probably going to lead the league in goal scoring. So I'm winning money somewhere on that. Yeah. Uh, here's what I wanted to bring you in on. League winner, I'm going with Leipzig at 9-1. to one. We saw last year Munich ended up winning uh, the league, kind of. I mean, I... I don't know if there's ever a way to back-end win the league, but somehow Munich did it. And then I think we both, when we saw Kane, we were like, oh, Munich, easy. Bundesliga win, contenders in the Champion League once again. And then I, I watched, probably dumb, but I watched a little bit of that Leipzig-Munich game over yeah. the weekend. Now, granted, uh, you know, uh, Park, who they got from Napoli, probably one of the best center backs in the league, didn't play. Uh, Kane came in late, but I, I will say it, it looked very similar to a lot of Munich we watched last year. Defensive issues. Tuchel just seems like a crazy man now. <laughs> I mean, it's a, a minor miracle. He won a Champion League, minor, even more so than he won it over Man City in it, but... I'm curious if you think there's value here in taking either a Leipzig or a Dortmund. Uh, you, you might even bring Bayern Leverkusen in there, but uh, we seem to fall yeah. for that draft every year. Uh, but uh, but the last half of the season, Leverkusen was winning a lot of football games, so maybe that tails over, or maybe yeah. four months in, we've lost $2,000 on them. What I, do you make of this league? I could definitely see Munich getting distracted by Champions League again. Um, they definitely, I think, have a, I think, you know, especially if, you know, City maybe is a little vulnerable, vulnerable, mm -hmm. uh, they may make a strong push, uh, for Champions League and, and just kind of just cruise in Bundesliga and, you know, they gotta be careful in that cruising because Leip yeah. Leipzig's right there. Well, I think that's what they thought yeah. they would do last year. And then Dortmund came on and if Leipzig hadn't had such a bad 
you know, sort of first half of the season. Yeah. I think they would have yeah, been they... right there because they were playing uh, really well towards the end of the season, including beating Byron Munich in Munich, uh, yeah. you know. And, and you take that, you take this weekend's game. Granted, you know, it, it's like taking that Arsenal City game and being like, oh, look, you know, Arsenal's ready to contend. But it just it sort of shocked me that Munich looked pretty much exactly like they were last year. Opportunities created, none really finished, defense all over the place, Tuchel afterwards saying, I have no clue what to do, <laughs> and Leipzig just runs through them uh, like crazy. I, I know Kane comes in there, scores them, you know, probably 25, 30, 40 goals, but I I'm curious if there are more problems here for Munich than yeah. just... Striker. It seemed like we were all quick to be like, oh, they got a striker problem solved here. I I'm wondering if maybe there are a couple more issues lingering in there. So I'm going to do a little bit on Leipzig because I loved the way they look. Yeah. They seem to be improving uh, into a, a contender. Top four, Freiburg plus 450. Just like the way they play soccer, if a couple of those fall back, Union Berlin playing Champions League this year. think they might fall back a little bit. Uh, we mentioned our, our sort of uh, love of Bayern Leverkusen and losing money on them as they sort of screw us over every year. Uh, Frankfurt, uh, you never know what you're going to get. We're getting a 4-0 or a, a 1-0 loss. Uh, and so I, I think Freiburg, who's a little inconsistent well, but plays that offensive style. I, I like them 450 top four. I mentioned Frankfurt, uh, Kulamani on that team. I like some of the moves they've made. I think they can contend uh, four to one on that one. And then I'm going to do it, but uh, I'm going to ride Leverkusen. I like the way they close the season. I like this coach in there. I, I think they'll play yeah. a little steady, little. <laughs> Don't love that Diaby's gone, uh, but I, I think they made some nice moves. I think they'll be contenders. 155 top four for them. Two units. I mentioned Union Berlin and a couple of the others that I'm a little worried about playing Champions League and European football for the first time. I will say, uh, watching Union Berlin playing Champions League <laughs> in Berlin, uh, those first couple games is, be is going to be awesome. Yeah. Those flares are going to be going <laughs> off all over the place. Uh, but Leverkusen minus 155, uh, two units. And then basically this is my biggest play on futures. Uh, Darmstadt, who just moved up from the German Bundesliga to into it, is only minus 125 in the relegation. Uh, if anybody's watching the German Cup, uh, they just lost to a regional team, uh, something Hamburg. Uh, regional team means they aren't even in actual pro league. Yeah. They're playing a regional part of Germany with other teams, which is basically your glorified Y-League team uh, playing. And not only that, then I looked how they did last year. They didn't win it. They finished fourth. So they didn't even get to move up into uh, the higher regional. Yeah. They'll be back into the same regional. So a little concerning that you lose 3-0. I have no clue. They <laughs> might have started weirdos, but they couldn't have been starting any more weirdos than what they were playing were starting, which highly concerns me. So minus 125, bottom three, Durmstram. Uh, eight units on that one. We're going to get all our money back on the futures just on that one right there. So that wraps that up. Uh, 
anything Syria you think there's going to be any weird winner uh, at all or you think Milan's uh, I'm Juventus what do you think Juventus will be uh, well technically speaking they ended up finishing second in Syria if it wasn't for the point Dr. H can they climb back and uh, challenge say at Napoli or one of the Milans here I don't know. We saw Napoli, you know, they made a strong push in Champions League, kind of faded there at the end. But uh, uh, I don't know. We'll see if they can put this. I, I think they Juventus pushed through hard, even with the points uh, deduction thing. Uh, came on a little bit there at the end of last year. If they can keep that momentum going, I think they can compete for it. Yeah, I I was interested. I might be a heavy on bets uh, on Juventus early. I think they're going to be better than people think. Now, you know, the coach plays our favorite style of sit around and defend until uh, – uh, you can get one counter and score and win a one oh but nonetheless I, I think they're going to be a little better than people think so I, I'm curious to see what sort of uh, individual game odds Juventus gets all right let's move to our college football preview because we missed a week we're going to have to pack in a whole lot and a we're gonna, we're going to start out in the max side of things here so let's start out with, uh, let's just say the best talent, because I, I thought they underwhelmed uh, a bit last year. Really the first time I I really was sort of disappointed at, in this Toledo team. They were much better than their sort of 9-5 and five record. They did end up making the uh, championship game, but did not play well in that. So Toledo comes back. I mean, they bring a, a lot of the same guys mm-hmm. back, but I think you were also a, a little disappointed them in too. Finished nine and five last year. Winterle sits at, at nine. What do you make of Toledo this year? Um, I mean, all eyes are on them to win the conference. I mean, I think they're a little. I think they're right around two to one, maybe even worse than that, to win the conference. Um, but as we've seen in the MAC, you know, anything can happen yeah. on any week, uh, any given. Wednesday, <laughs> yes, uh, for the Mac. Uh, but yeah, they bring back a, a, a lot of guys. They got a, a, a great dual threat quarterback coming back. A lot of defenders coming back, um, and, and they're definitely the odds-on favorites to win this conference. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just, I was disappointed. So I'll see if they they seem to just find ways to lose games last year to teams they shouldn't. We'll see if that's better this year. Uh, you know, open up at Illinois. I'm curious to see where they that go. That could be a game. And they've, they, they've been able to go places and, and win football games. So I, I think we'll get a nice little uh, feel there. Also play San Jose State, uh, which I think will be a, a nice little feeler game uh, to see where those two teams are at as well. All right, uh, next up in our uh, MAC preview, we're going to go to... Northern Illinois, uh, Northern Illinois, uh, you know, after the miracle season the year before. Yeah, they, uh, they sort of, went down up really big and then down again yeah. last year. So so back down, uh, they return a lot of the guys uh, from their team last year, which is a lot of the guys from the team the previous year. Uh, it, it was a difficult schedule last year, and I, I think they lost a handful of games that they were right there in, and then it sort of snowballed last year. Uh, do you see improvement from this team? Do you put this team in contender category? Uh, 
potential contender, maybe worth long shot look, but I realistically, I'd say six wins. I'd, I'd put them probably uh, third in the division, third, okay. maybe. Uh, but they're probably one of the better teams with the best, you know, value plays as yeah. far as moving up. Because, like I said, you know. And, and, you know, we've seen the last few years with Northern Illinois, teams can make a jump, and, and they're one of the teams that's capable of doing it. Yeah. This one interests me because uh, the number sits at six and a half right where you said. Yeah. Uh, their schedule, like, early on it is really kind of difficult. Yeah. You know, at Boston College, Southern Illinois is not a joke. Uh, I know it's a subdivision team, but it's a pretty good subdivision team. Yeah. It's sitting with a lot of dudes who all will know each other because they're all coming out of the same sort of football area at Nebraska, Tulsa, at Toledo. That Tulsa game was a great game last year. Yeah, and that's what that's theoretically it, they could start zero and five. It's not out of the question that they start zero and five. And, and they, then you then you look, you know, you've got Eastern Michigan yeah. at you know Central Michigan's probably a win, but. Uh, you're on the road at Toledo. Yeah. I just, I, I if you start one and four, zero oh and five, does this sort of snowball from last year? And you're like, oh, uh, this is the same thing as last year, and you get that three and nine. Now, if they can spring, you know, upset here, Boston College. Who knows with Nebraska? <laughs> uh, you know, um, get that win versus Southern Illinois. We mentioned that game last year versus Tulsa. Uh, you know, take that and enter into it and, you know, split the Toledo-Akron game and, and you're sitting four and two, uh, something like that. Then maybe they roll through the max. So I, I think how they sort of play early and how they deal with maybe some losses piling up early will sort of dictate their season. Yeah. All right, uh, next up, Eastern Michigan. Uh, sort of our favorite uh, kind of, they are what they are. It's always sort of seven to nine wins ever since uh, sort of Chris Creighton has gotten this program where it is. I'm, I'm surprised nobody, you know, I mentioned to you earlier that nobody's uh, scalped and picked him up for yeah. a bigger program because he's been very steady with this Eastern Michigan program and a very volatile Mac. Yeah, and I think... This team might sit a little bit on that low end. Uh, I know they lost a handful of guys on the offensive yeah. side of the football, which has me a little nervous. But he seems to be pretty plug-and-play with that offense. Uh, you know, can that defense continue to hold up, which I, I think is always sort of the main thing with Eastern Michigan. Uh, but, uh, you know, what do you make of this Eastern Michigan team here? I think they're solid. I think they're going to kind of hover – Right where they've been, probably a little drop down from the really good year they had last year. I, th I think they're another team that's kind of right in that six, seven win window. Um, and, you know, an upset here, jump up. An upset against them here, they jump down. But I, th I think they're going to kind of be right there in the middle of the pack. Yeah, and I think they have a little bit of the reverse as Northern Illinois. I think their schedule is pretty favorable. I don't know if they can go to Minnesota and win that, but Minnesota appears to be in wreckage like 
handful of yeah. <laughs> those big they, 12 uh, Big Ten North teams. One but, thing they've got going against them is they've got a really tough uh, conference yes. schedule. they got to go to Northern Illinois, to Toledo, to Buffalo. Uh, those are all very tough I games. I can probably tell you now on November 21st at Buffalo on a Tuesday <laughs> night, I will be taking Buffalo <laughs> no matter what that spread is. I, I'm guessing can that— Can you say two feet of snow? <laughs> I'm guessing that game is not going to be comfortable, even in, in, with a team— that's in uh, Eastern Michigan. It's a, it's a little bit different up yeah. there. Uh, I, I'm curious to see if this can be a plug and play offense where they can sort yeah. of rebound, find right. enough points, and just manufacture enough wins to get to eight, nine to overachieve, then sort of hit that seven mark where I think that's sort of their se- six, seven is sort of their low. Eight, nine would be a good season. Yeah, I, you know the way I look at the MAC this year, you've got two or three teams that I think are clear in a way top tier and then you've got a big clump of six to eight teams in both divisions that could either jump up or jump back and and this is one of those teams that just kind of falls in that pack all right uh central michigan i think speaking in uh that pack uh it was gotta love jim mcelwain's coaching yes uh (laughs) I, i think this team seemed to be good at... Uh, they were probably the weirdness of the MAC last year. Uh, well, I think preseason they were one of the yeah, favorites. Yeah, they were the one conference. of the favorites. Yeah. They started out... I think I was big on them. Yes, they started <laughs> out very well, and then it sort of just went down. And by the end of the year, it was completely lost. I've always liked Jim McElwain. I've... Thought he was a pretty good offensive coach. Little disappointed in them last year. Can they bounce back here uh, this year? I think this this is one of those teams. I think it could be anywhere from about a five to an eight win team. Yeah, I think it's all going to be depending on uh, how the transfers plug and play. He brought in a lot of transfers. They've lost some talent, but he you know is the talent he's bringing in better than what they had last year. So are they really regressing if they lose starters from last year? It's it's one of those windows, but. Uh, you know, speaking of tough schedules, they got three non-conference yeah. games right off the bat that are extremely tough. They got at Michigan State, at Notre Dame, and at South Alabama. And I think South Alabama yeah. is a really solid team. Uh, and then, you know, not long after that, they got to go to Buffalo and and they host Eastern Michigan. Uh, you're you're looking at five potential losses in your first yeah. six games. Uh, hard to recover from that. Yeah, I. I... I think that South Alabama game is the key. They'll write off the Michigan State in the Notre Dame game. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, certainly with that New Hampshire uh, split in there, I, I'm curious how hard we'd be, we're going after that Michigan State and Notre Dame game, try to get that South Alabama win, uh, and then see where you are. They do get Toledo at home yes. on the schedule, but, you know, they've got to go to Ohio uh, and, and to Western Michigan. they got Northern Illinois at home, but – Really, their their success is going to be if they can get to the four or five wins in the yeah. conference, and, and that's that's going to be interesting. And how much juice are they going to have left after, um, you know, going to those pretty much losses on the road of the non-conference? The other games. problem with that Toledo game is they're coming off a bye because they're playing it at you know end of week on a Friday instead yeah. of the midweek. So they're going to play. Uh, Toledo's going to have that short midweek game, actually, sort of have two weeks theoretically off than one week off and I, i'm i'm more on the selling end of the central uh mm-hmm. michigan team I, I i think they're very inferior to you know eastern and 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 i just i, I don't know we'll see 
I, I will say it always seems to have talent. It always seems to underachieve. Yeah. It seems to be a <laughs> just a universal thing at uh, Central Michigan. Uh, Ball State here, um, they just sort of live in the four to six win region. Yeah. I don't really know what to make of this team. Some guys return uh, from a pretty poor team. Uh, I like the running back here, but I I don't know. I, I can't get a real feel. I will say I do like Mike New. I think he's a good coach. He seems to get maximum out of a team that's never, you know, loaded with talent. So what do you make of Ball State's here? Yeah, I, th- I don't think they're going to be moving up anymore. Uh, they had a, you know, I was on them big uh, two, three years yeah. ago. I think their offense was really playing well. Uh, but they, they kind of lack that firepower now. And, and you know, the 5-7 and seven last year, I think they could regress even more yeah. this year, uh, potentially moving to the bottom of the division. Uh, I think... The, the over-unders at four and a half, I'd, I'd almost have to lean under here. Yeah, I I, I think I just respect New. He finds ways to steal wins. He's one of those where you don't like betting on those midweek games because you're like, I, Yeah, you'll get, he'll win a 55-53 yeah, yeah. shootout yeah. weird game. You know, he'll, he'll lose a game the week before, you know, 32-7, to seven, and you'll be like, Ball State sucks. <laughs> and then the next week they're playing a 55-52 <laughs> game going into overtime. And you're like, what the hell happened here? But I'm curious to see where the, they fall, if it's one of those years where they can get that sort of seven-win mark or it's, you know, hovering much like last year where it's sort of, four or five wins, and they just sort of can't defend and don't have enough offense to sort of keep up with these teams. All right, next up in the MAC, Western Michigan. And this team, I, I don't see much promise in. Uh, their offense returns a handful of guys. Uh, it's Lance Taylor's first year, yeah. five and seven last year. They're replacing their whole defensive yeah. squad. I. I, maybe there's something there. It, it's hard to say. I know they're going to bring in some transfers, so I, it just, I would be surprised if they weren't towards the bottom. Where, I, I think Central Michigan and Eastern Michigan have some, yeah, sort of, at, at least seven, eight win promise. I think this team would max out sort of last year's record at about five wins. Yeah, I don't even see them getting that high. I, th- I think they're going to be lucky to, s- to scrap up one to two to, uh, conference wins uh, here. I think we're going to see major regression uh, bef- and, and, you know, see if Lance Taylor can get something going. But um, this isn't a team I can see winning big on a fluke Wednesday mm-hmm. night game. I think this is a team that they're, they're going to fall off and uh, they're going to be near the bottom. Yeah, I think so. So uh, we'll see what Lance Taylor can do. First sort of head coaching job, see how he uh, moves. Uh, sort of always our favorite, the Ohio Bobcats. Uh, just, I, I think other than Toledo, they're always ones who's probably pretty consistent, even when you think they're going to be bad. Yeah. Uh, they still manage to find their way to, you know, sort of eight wins. Uh, last year, really, really good, 10-4, and 7-1 uh, and one in conference. Yeah. Uh, they really got that mojo going towards that uh, – I mean, oh, I want to say towards November, right at the start of November, they just started rolling through mm-hmm. people. Uh, does that continue this year, or do you think they'll regress back? Because I, I think last year people thought they were going to be down, and, yeah. and they 
really started. Well, I think you were the one yeah. that was on this team before I was last year, but this is my team this yeah. year. I like this team better than Toledo. I think they've got the best player in the conference in Curtis Rourke. Uh, Tim Alban, I love what he's doing with this Ohio yeah. team. Um, I, I like them. This will probably be one of my futures. Last I looked, they're sitting at about 350 no. uh, to win the That's conference nice. uh, for a team that— Now, they're I, in the tougher conference. That is. Yeah, they're in the harder division, uh, whereas Toledo's kind of on their own in, in, in the theirs. But I, I like this Ohio team. Yeah, I, I like them too. I, I think I'll probably be on them again. Uh, I, I think, once again, they're a little bit underrated on their win total number at 7.5. Now, their schedule, you know, eh— uh, I, I don't think it's that hard. I don't think the non-conference is That's, that tough. Uh, granted, it, I, I'll say this. It's a lot of travel early. You're going to San Diego State. You're back home at Long Island. Then you're dropping down to Florida Atlantic. And, and then get to host the Iowa I host, State. I don't know who made that <laughs> scheduling error. Maybe but, get a big home upset there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I should probably say my eye is on that right now. Iowa State randomly going to Ohio. It is mid-September. Uh, but, you know, I, I just, I've always been an Ohio State as not Ohio State. I <laughs> never have been an Ohio State guy. I just always find this team sort of at least achieves its mm -hmm. goal. So it will minimum seven wins, and I, I think they could hit that 10-win mark if they can sort of find their play style here, and uh, I, I think that'll continue. So once again, big on Ohio. Uh, for me, my Emmy of Ohio, where do we sit with them? Uh, I think, did you like them last year? Yeah. I, I think this I, was your I, team I last year. I lost a few wagers yeah. on them. Uh, I sort of remember, and then they, I don't want to say they underachieved, but well, they certainly didn't reach what I think we thought they would. They were one of those weird teams that they would win games they yes. weren't supposed to and then lose games they weren't supposed to, and it was kind of up and down yeah. and very You never knew what you were quite chaotic, getting. chaotic, and I always ended up on the wrong end. Yeah. Of the, <laughs> I think that's <laughs> what I remember most. You just always being on the wrong end of whatever you bet Miami on. Oh, Miami's terrible. Let's take the other team. Oh, Miami's good again. I'm going to ride them next week, and then they'd lose. So it was up, down, up, down, up, down. And uh, uh, they – Typically perform pretty well. Uh, they return a lot of starters on the defense, um, so we'll, we'll see what they can do. Um, I, I think the schedule's pretty favorable. Uh, they get Toledo at home, they get Buffalo at home, but they do have to go to Ohio, who's the main yes. division rival in there. So uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, Miami, but okay. I think that's where they played so bad last year in conference. It was random wins and losses. You sort of just. They'd lose to weird teams, and you'd be like, why is this team losing to it? And then, you know, they'd go play the top teams pretty well. So I just hard to see uh, where this team sort of falls. Probably. I, I, I think they're probably the anywhere from the six to yeah. eight win range, uh, about kind of where they were last year. Do you think they could make that Ohio jump and grab? Because uh, I think the top team in here probably have to have nine, yeah. maybe – 10 might be a little bit of stretch because the depth is but I think they'll at least have to have nine yeah uh, you know I think Can there's they some, make that I jump? think there's some teams that might be able to push Ohio in this division I don't know if Miami's that team I okay. think there's some other teams in this division that I like better all right let's go to, to one mine. of those teams uh Buffalo Bulls uh you know 
started out a little slow and seemed to find uh, that momentum uh, towards the middle of the yeah. season. I think I tipped you off a little bit on that. I was like, I don't remember what game it was. It, it felt like a little Northeast game where they went down and played a Maryland or something like that. And I was like, you know, I watch this team. It's not bad. It does one or two dumb things a game that yeah. cost them games. This, and then they got on a ride. Well, so. this coach is finally starting to find his yeah. own after uh, uh, coming in a couple of years ago and, uh, and and really getting some getting some of his own players in. Uh, they got to replace a lot of this uh, offense, but uh, you know, it's it's the same Buffalo that we've you know liked in the past. Well, they that's like what to I was going to the say. They they know their identity. Even though the coach is not the one who was there it, it still runs pretty much the same offense so they are pretty plug and play as long as they have solid guys in there i you know i'm curious if they can improve on that seven and six uh i think they could maybe get to the eight win mark i just don't know if they can I sort of get to that peak area of Ohio and Toledo. They're going to have to get their wins early because they end on a really tough stretch. They've got uh, they host Ohio. They got to go to Miami of Ohio, and then they got Eastern Michigan. I think those are all three losable games there at the stretch. That if they want to finish near the top, they're going to have to get a couple of the wins there. Yeah, I weird little Wisconsin Fordham Liberty uh, start off Fordham. They should be okay, but this is also a team that's had a little trouble with the subdivision. I believe they lost a subdivision team last year at the start, uh, and that's what I think threw people off because yeah. then they went and played a couple of the top teams that started playing with them, and I, I just, I'm curious if sort of this coach is sort of a, a six to eight type win coach and not a sort of win the title uh, type coach. Uh, so it'll be a really sort of telling year, I, yeah. I think, from Buffalo. But also, they have that home field advantage, you know, when teams go up there. Yeah. They don't want to go up there. <laughs> Certainly, you know, midweek at night, that's just not a fun place <laughs> to be. Winds are blowing, weather is cold. Bowling Green. Um, Overachieved last year. Yeah. Um, I, I you say we say overachieved, but I, I think when we watched we watched them play a, a couple times, especially early, and we were like, you know, this team isn't that bad. I, I know everybody <laughs> thinks they're like the worst team, but you watch them play; they play good football. Uh, will that continue this year? Um, we'll see. Uh, you know, this is definitely one of those teams that falls in that clump that could go up, could go down. Well, I was um, going to say their win total sits at five, which sort of tells me that's Vegas a little bit of a drop off. Has no idea what this <laughs> team's going to be. It's either going to be, you know, Northern Illinois and win three games uh, from last year. It's going to overachieve and win seven or eight. So well, they just stick it at five. They, they, they have Ohio early um, and. You know, uh, then they got to go on the road at Miami of Ohio and at Buffalo in conference uh, before they get to some more of the winnable games. So um, they're going to have to kind of really stick with it and power through, um, which might be their mo. They're they're pretty strong defensively. Yes. They they don't bring back a lot of starters, so we'll see how that changeover goes. Um, but you know, they were great. Uh, Last year, they had a lot of, you know, they were a team last year. If you had taken some uh, some underdog money lines, yes. they, they were uh, eight and four against the spread uh, as underdogs. So, yeah, uh, pretty good value there. Uh, maybe even get that again this year. Yeah, they were one of those few teams who uh, you didn't, 
they didn't play sort of the typical Mac in the 40s. It was sort of a, a grindy type of football that wasn't as quite of explosive. And I think that sort of threw people off. I think they thought they were getting sort of a, a passable defense with a eh, offense, and they got a pretty good defense. They were playing with, better defensively. With a okay offense. I think yeah. their offense was what we thought it was, but I, I think that defense really stepped up. Curious if that uh, will continue on or, you know, they sort of go back to – where they sort of lived for a handful of years, uh, you know, after uh, Dino uh, left there. Now we're getting to the bottom of the barrel. Here. All right. Uh, I actually, this is a team, they're not great, but I'm eyeing the over. I think they can get a little frisky here. It's at three and a half, I think. Uh, I can't remember. I took a couple of the ones that were like, one and a halves last yeah. year. I might have hit this one because they got a, a second win. But they I, came on at the end of yeah. the year. Uh, they, um, oh, I can't remember. They upset somebody. Yeah. Uh, was it I, Buffalo? It might have been Buffalo. They beat somebody good in the last week or two of the season, and everyone was like, whoa. I, they only won two games, and one of them was against one of the better teams, right. and I, I, I'm sad I can't remember it I right think now. one of them cost both of us some sort of money like parlay <laughs> that lost us a lot of money because we just throw the random team or Akron in there, and then they got the win. Uh, I will say I'm not a huge Joe Moorhead uh, guy. That being said, Akron's probably his level, so yeah. if he wants to be a – so-so offensive coach. This is probably the land to be in, but uh, I don't know. I think they're going to finish better than last because uh, I think the last place team is the team yeah. we're moving up to uh, I will say their win total is at three and a half. Yeah. Morgan State, that's a win. Yes. One. And then, you know, Kent State probably. That's another. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I give them any wins other than maybe Morgan State. Uh, they might be in a couple here and there, but uh, I, I'd struggle to take the over three and a half of this. I, I think they're going to be one of the more improved teams in the uh, conference. I think we'll pretty much know uh, <laughs> the opening game at Temple. If that one's not a win, I, I think the four probably it gets a little tight there, but uh, we'll go to Kent State. Uh, Kenny Burns uh, takes over here. You know, I I, I liked this uh, Kent State team the last couple years. New era, probably a brand new team. They lost like uh, everybody. Complete and utter rebuild. Uh, so it's really sort of hard to know what to make of this. I, I guess they're going to be bad, but yeah. we, we have no real clue of what's coming in or out. So what do you make of Kent State? I, I, I think they're going to be uh, the Akron of last year. I think they're going to fall to the bottom of the conference. Uh, their win total is set at two and a half, yeah. and uh, I don't think that overs hit. And I see one win on their schedule. Yeah. Uh, and I, I will say they, they did not schedule, to, per always Kent State, who always yeah. – Granted, they fund their program because they always play uh, three or four really, really big-time teams, and it doesn't change. They play Central Florida, Arkansas, and Fresno State. So uh, those yeah. are probably three losses. Might be able to sneak the Central Connecticut uh, one out, but uh, nonetheless, probably uh, just a wait-and-see on Kent State. Maybe we'll know a little bit more next year on where this uh, sort of program heads. Uh up here. All right. Uh, I guess we're out of the Mac and uh, 
we're going to well i didn't get your you think Ohio's going to win the MAC? Don't yeah, you? Ohio's my play. Uh, I think if you're getting uh, anywhere from two fifty to three to one, I think that's really good value. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to stick with you on Ohio here. I, I think that's I li- the play. I, I really love their quarterback. I, I like their coach. Uh, I know Toledo has probably the better players, but I, it seems like Ohio finds ways to win games, and Toledo found ways to lose games yeah, last year. Exactly. All right, let's go to the independents. We'll we'll talk a c- couple of these. Uh, Notre Dame, um, sort of a weird hot and cold. They had uh, a weird loss to Marshall. Yeah, last uh, year. where they threw, but as soon as they sort of found their offense, I I don't think anybody questioned their defense pretty much most of the year. I yeah, you know their losses all came because their offense gave the other team points. Um. Do they improve upon last year? I will say I they did. They got a good bowl win. Yeah, I, I I did like the way Marcus Freeman took mm-hmm. that. Yeah, uh, you know, sort of four, let's five game stretch to start the season, and uh, turn that into a positive and really close strong. Do they continue to close strong here? I, I think their schedule's favorable this year. Um, you know they they do have they get to host Ohio State yeah. this year, uh, they host USC, um, so they don't have you know they do have to go to Clemson because they've got this weird ACC yeah. hybrid kind of schedule, uh, but I, I I think there's room for improvement here on yeah. this nine and four uh, year uh, weird little opener uh, overseas in Ireland against Navy uh, that should be a fun one but. I, like I said, they they won their bowl game against South Carolina last year, and I think they're going to ride that momentum. And uh, I don't see them dropping a game to a, say a Marshall this season. So, uh, yeah, I, I think they can move up a little bit. Yeah, the win total seems to hover between eight and a half and nine here. I think yeah. if you can get that eight and a half number, I yeah, I think this is a pretty solid, easy nine win team. Yeah, they got they got the nine with the bowl win last yeah. year. I think they can get the nine in regular yeah, season. I, and, with a potential for 10. And, and I think this defense will once again be good. It's sort of what they can find on offense. And if they don't turn it over, which is yeah. what happened towards the end of last year, they just stopped turning the ball over, yeah. and they found enough points. Uh, I look for it to be a pretty good sort of Notre Dame year where they could maybe make uh, – Probably not the playoff, but maybe I, I, one of those New Year's Six Bowls. Yeah, I, I'm really only seeing one for sure, probably mark it down loss. Yeah. I think that's the game against Ohio State, but that's in South Bend. So, yeah. and, uh, you know, weird things can happen. Yeah, uh, we haven't gotten to the ACC yet, but I, I can tell you now, I don't know what to make a glimpse of. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, it it will be interesting. The rest are all winnable games. So, yeah. Uh, all right, we'll go to Army. Uh, I don't think we need to hit this. <laughs> I don't think we need to stick on uh, any other independents. A ton, uh, six and six. They are what they, they are. are. That's pretty much what it'll be. You know what they're going to be. They'll play hard. They'll run the option. They'll give teams some problems. Defense probably won't be able to hold up versus very top teams, but yeah. uh, teams who can't prepare for them, they'll win games. It will probably be between six to eight wins, and if a couple things go right, they could probably climb to nine wins i i would say what do you make of uh army here yeah i mean they they are what they are pretty much year yeah. in and year out they're gonna they're gonna run their option they're gonna run the ball they are gonna have they're gonna be in a chance for an upset against a team that never plays a team with their yeah. offense you know i look at they got to go to uh death valley lsu in the middle of october uh hopefully lsu's prepared for that uh we'll, we'll see uh you know every team seems to have trouble outside of the teams that always play Army yeah. uh, because they're just not prepared for this yes. kind of offense. So 
but yeah, I think they're kind of just middle of the road. I, I will say that Holy Cross game on November 11th. Holy Cross, really, really good subdivision team. Probably second favorite to win the subdivision. Taking they a were, dog upset over Army were, there. They were in the championship game versus, you know, of course, North Dakota State. Uh, but And uh, Holy Cross brings back that quarterback who's, uh, you know, got a little uh, buzz. So uh, maybe uh, in, what? Three months. <laughs> Keep that in mind. An upset pick. Uh, now, granted, that's towards the end of the year for Holy Cross, so they might not be so focused on it and more focused on uh, getting into their playoffs healthy <laughs> and not randomly beating Army. So we go to my boys from UConn last year. Uh, yeah. You I hit some winners. I on rode this <laughs> stupid UConn team with Jim Morris. Well, it wasn't their over. I think this is one of the teams yes. where their over under was at two and a yes. half, and then they won six yes. games. And so. I kept writing their weird little money lines because they kept pumping them up. And, uh, you know, uh, I think any past shows or anybody who's ever known me knows I'm not a huge Jim Morris fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, this sort of fits. Uh, you know, he can. Probably make some sort of bad to okay players good enough to win games versus other bad, pretty poor teams, which is what they did. Can they improve on the six and seven I record, or is it going to be eh win six? Because they did get hot, and, yeah. and a couple things sort of fell their way towards the end. But uh, what do you make of the UConn Huskies? Uh, get another miracle run. I, I don't know. I'd say probably six is the ceiling. A lot of guys are returning. I yeah, will say that. I think if they can repeat what they did last year is the ceiling. Yes. Uh, I'd say more realistic expectations are about four to five wins, which is right at the line. Yes. Uh, I would, they're, they're so volatile, I wouldn't yeah. bet this line because I could easily see them only winning one game this season as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I will say they were 9-4 and four against the spread, so, <laughs> which is why I made a lot of money on them. Uh, and I think those four losses were all like the first four games of the season. I I think by, uh, you know, those last like six or seven, they just kept covering games. I kept writing them. I was I was a big UConn Huskies fan <laughs> there for, uh, uh, it was a big UConn year because I think I told you college basketball like a month into the season. Yeah. I was like, I think this UConn team Deep's kind of good. And they ended up winning it. Uh, I, I don't even know what to do with this. UMass, uh, yeah. they probably should be a subdivision team. And even then, I, I don't know if they'd be a good subdivision team. Yeah, I don't see. Uh, I don't. They may not have a win on this schedule. Uh, I, I throw a chance at New Mexico State. Uh, I, I wouldn't even, like I said, I, I don't even think I'd put the Merrimack down yeah. as, as a win. <laughs> like I said, I don't know if this would be a good subdivision team. They'd probably be in the uh, 500 border. Uh, any Anything here on UMass? I've got nothing on Other UMass. than uh, they're going to have a lot of 50-point spreads. You can choose to play them or not. I think I dabbled with that a little <laughs> bit last year. I think I hit a couple, like, plus... 40 something on with them. Uh, so, what was there against the spread? Five and seven? Yeah. So? I think I, I hit a couple really big spreads I with think them. That sort of plays but out just. You will get some astronomical <laughs> spreads with uh, with UMass. I remember some that were just like, that's, oh, that's definitely going to hit. And then there was some where I thought plus 50 would hit, yes. and then they lose by 60. Yes. So, <laughs> it's one of those things. I think it will always, UMass always probably in and around 
five and seven, six and six against the spread because it's just random if teams want to cover or not. That gives our independent preview. Uh, let's jump into some uh, bigger teams here. Let's go into the AAC. Uh, do we call it a shakeup here uh, of the AAC or do we just sort of new new life as uh, a couple of the teams go into the Big 12 and a couple of the Conference USA teams I, come into the AAC. Well, you know, it's interesting. The teams that came in, I, I think, are good yeah, football I, teams. I thought they brought some good teams in. And, you know, it's interesting, the dynamics of these divisions or these conferences, because I think it wasn't that long ago we had teams leaving the AAC um, uh, for the uh, – Conference USA, yeah. uh, it's because Conference USA was more uh, notable conference, yes. and now I think the ACC, AAC has surpassed yes, Conference USA, and we've got so. teams leaving that conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought they brought some good teams in yeah, here. To, to, certainly to, ones we uh, are always been a fan of, and, and we'll kick that right off the bat. I, yeah. I think this ever, is a team very <laughs> near and dear to my I heart. I think here. ever since we started this show, yeah. the uh, UTSA Roadrunners mm-hmm. have. Been our uh, sort of quasi team. They do play my Vols now, this year, though. Granted, Frank Harris will eventually have to leave college, yeah. so that that has been helpful towards our love. Uh, One of the best players in football. I, I do not sleep on Frank yes. Harris and the Roadrunners. Yes, I I, I love this team. I, I love their coach. Uh, you know, Jeff Trailer. So uh, comes off uh, Stephen F. Austin uh, in the subdivision, who was a dominant team. I just like this team. Once again, I think they're going to be really, really elite. They just missed a couple upsets mm-hmm. towards the start of the season. You mentioned it. They played Tennessee. Uh, one of those upsets I'm nervous as of all was Houston last yeah. year that they just missed. I, I want to see where this team is. As always, it, it, it's a little bit, can that defense hold the line enough to get this offense uh, enough points? Um, do you make them the favorite here in the ACC? Not ACC, AAC, as they jump into this conference. Are, are they? Do you put them ahead uh, of a couple of the sort of more notable teams in the AAC? Here? I, I kind of put them uh, probably just a notch below Tulane. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Tulane team is really good. But I, I like Frank Harris. You know, their offensive line is experienced. They lost some receivers to yeah. the NFL draft, but I, I think – the way this offense works, some of these receivers are going to just be able to be plug and play, uh, you know, and, and Frank Harris is going to find them. Uh, it's interesting they're bringing a new offensive coordinator, uh, Justin Burke, who uh, played quarterback at NC State yeah. and uh, Louisville. Uh, but he, he's been with the team. I think he was quarterback's coach. He's been yeah. with the team, uh, but he takes over as offensive coordinator. I don't see um, much of a drop-off uh, yeah. there. Um, but, you know, <sighs> I think it's going to come down to the last week of the regular season. Uh, it's going to be a huge one. It's at Tulane yeah. last week. Uh, I think that could def- decide the conference. Uh, but, I, I, like you said, if, if they come out shooting and, and, and get an upset, you know, and at Houston or yeah. at Tennessee, uh, watch out. This team could be yeah. there. Uh, you, you can tell just by the odds in the AAC. Tulane, mm-hmm. 210. UT, uh, San Antonio, 290. SMU, 340. And then you got a little bit of a drop-off on yeah. FAU and Memphis at 650 and 800. But it, you can talk me into those teams sort of. Uh, FAU closed pretty well uh, last year towards the end of the season. And Memphis, you know, had a disappointing year uh, for them, but uh, I think they'll sort of bounce back. And a uh, new 
coaching into Memphis where I, I think they'll be back to where Memphis has sort of been the previous, yeah. you know, years before that. But uh, one last run here for the uh, UT San Antonio yeah, Roadrunners. I, I was a little disappointed how they finished the season last yeah. year with the bowl loss to your team, yeah. uh, Troy. Uh, it was a close one, but yeah. uh, I, I like UTSA, and uh, I, I, I probably – it's going to be tough to pick him over Tulane because I really yeah. like this Tulane team. All right, uh, next up for us. Shit. Cut. Just pick the view. <laughs> yeah, just click that view. Okay. All right, open it up. There Did we it go. really go to SMU next? Yeah. Why is he doing Is that how he picked it? Yeah, probably so. He's got Tulane third. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one. All right. Next up is SMU, another one of those. Uh, I, I thought they were a little disappointing last year. Mm -hmm. uh, they always looked good. Uh, they scored. Yeah, but they, they never seemed to win the games yeah. where you were entertained by yeah, them. Yeah, they actually led the conference in scoring last yeah. year. Uh, so, uh, But their defense was atrocious. Yes. They gave up 33.8 points per game. Here's my question. <laughs> That's always the question. They bring a lot of those guys back. Is that a good thing? Or is that just we're bringing a lot of bad, bad defenders de back? Uh, you, you know... I think their schedule is more favorable this year. Um, they don't have Tulane or UTSA yes. on their schedule, uh, so they they have that potential to to win the conference by, you know, or at least getting the conference championship game without playing either one of those teams. So, uh, Brett Lashley took this team over after uh, uh, last year after the coach went to TCU, and, and like we said, we thought they underachieved a little bit last year. Yeah. Does it start, you know, this is Texas, does it start to get a little heady uh, for the coach here if SMU sort of doesn't achieve? I, I think with the conference moving right now towards sort of SMU being one of a team that should always contend in yeah. this conference, if it's another sort of seven and six year, we score a lot of points, but we end up losing a lot of games that we shouldn't lose. Uh, do they start to look to sort of upgrade? here uh, at SMU, or do you think they give this guy a little bit of a longer I, leash? I, I think they're going to give him a little bit of time, uh, especially because I, I see them improving this year. And, you know, speaking of TCU, they brought in a, a wide receiver transfer in uh, Jordan Hudson, uh, who's going to bolster an already yeah. strong offense. Um, and, and, and look for that game to get ugly at TCU uh, yes. in the fourth week of the well, season. Well, it always does. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, no, no, I, I think there's... I think, I think their schedule yeah. spells an eight nine win season so i definitely don't think the coach is gonna yeah. get in trouble for I, that. I think they can grab on here uh that louisiana tech game uh opening week is i i think of vital vital importance uh you know see if louisiana tech's backs bounces back from a mm -hmm. sort of off year smu needs to win that game they don't need to start slow out of the gate because they do go to oklahoma after that now what oklahoma is going to be we yeah. don't know but you know if you can Bounce off that Louisiana Tech game. Maybe you can go into that Oklahoma game thinking you can sort of spring an upset. Then, yeah. Uh, so, but the good thing is, is after they played uh, 
after they go to TCU, they get Charlotte at home, yeah. and then they get a bye week to prep for the rest of the conference schedule. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think they can make a really good run through the rest of those teams. Yeah, definitely so. All right, uh, next up we'll go to the next favorite. Uh, you know, uh, we talked about it a little last year. I, I thought Tulane would be better than – you know, what they were going to be. Uh, they turned out to be <laughs> better it, than what everybody... It was probably the best season a group of five team, on, on, on par with the best season a group of five team has ever had yeah. in, uh, in, in college football. Especially because I, I think people thought they were going to be really, really down, and they yeah. turned it. And I was one of those who was like, oh, I think they, you know, Willie Fritz, good coach, wins games. I did not think they were going to be 12-2 and two well, and be making a New Year's Six Bowl. Well, and, and not only making the New Year's Six Bowl, beating yes. USC <laughs> in a bowl game, uh, group of six, Tulane. Uh, one thing I really want to point out, and I I circled this when I was doing my research. How the heck are they hosting Mississippi in week two? Well, uh, we, we call those bad decisions. <laughs> uh, we call those... Uh, that could spell another <laughs> great season for Tulane and, uh, and a, a bad season for Mississippi. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's a great game right there. Yeah, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm pumped up for that one. That'll be an interesting If, if game. I'm getting points with yeah. Tulane at home against Mississippi, I'm probably taking them. Yeah, uh, I, I will say... Their schedule to start the first three is is not a cupcakes. I, granted, South Alabama at home. You mentioned uh, Ole Miss, and then at Southern Miss, that that's yeah. a that's a big three. They get a little bit of a break at Nichols, and then UAB. So it's I don't know if twelve and two is yeah. going to be there. And they do bring their quarterback back, yeah. but they're replacing running backs, wide yes. receivers. Uh, it's going to be really tough to repeat yeah. last year. But I I think. Eight, nine, ten wins they can cruise through because after they get past that North Texas game, it's Rice, East Carolina, Tulsa, Florida Atlantic, close with UTC. Yeah, Atlanta. like I said, they're going to have that one. That I bet it's already circled on yeah. their calendar that that closing game against UTSA that could decide. I I, I think uh, SMU with their schedule yeah. is going to be in the championship game, and I think it's going to be one of Tulane or UTSA. Yeah. The other one in there. Their win total which, number though at nine and a half. I, I don't think I take that that seems really really high for the schedule that they have yeah like you said you know they could potentially lose their first three yeah. games yeah uh and then and then who knows can they keep it in the road yeah. after that yeah but they, you will know that they'll always be good at home even when they were bad to lane it, it was very difficult to go in there and, and win football games so uh curious to see how they bounce uh uh back and uh this is here Memphis, 7-6 and six last year. Really sort of disappointing. Um, I, I think this is, like I, I said earlier, I think this is probably uh, Silverfield's last sort of chance to yeah. right the ship here. It, it's, it's gotten worse each and every year uh, since Memphis had sort of stabilized and, and cast their lot as sort of one of the better i i don't know how you say small schools because memphis yeah. is not a small school but you know one of the littler schools that punches above their weight and it seemed to have gone worse and worse and worse every year uh for silverfield so does memphis here bounce back and find themselves back on, on ground that we sort of had gotten used to well, them playing the, you on? know they are going for their fourth straight bowl game yes. this year which is i think pretty good yeah. for memphis um they one thing I, I look for is they, they bring in a big time. Uh, he was the conference player of the year in his conference last year uh, from Old Dominion. Yeah. Uh, 
Blake Watson, running mm-hmm. back, and I think he's going to fit into this Memphis uh, offense really well. Memphis has been elite. They've had you know a top end running back. Yeah, so. and and they bring back their quarterback last year, Seth Hennigan, who threw for thirty five hundred plus yeah. yards. Uh, so I think their offense is going to be there, uh, but their defense was really lacking yeah, last good. year. They were giving up thirty points a game again last year. Uh, he, one thing I found humorous, I was going through uh, the AAC. I think there's only about two teams that held people under about. 28 points a game. Uh, so if you like overs, the AAC is probably your conference to look uh, if they're not juiced. Yeah, <laughs> they're probably all going to be set pretty high. I can already tell you, I think we're getting a lot of those 70 point over unders, and I'm going, we don't take 70 point overs. We take 70 but point unders. I, I do say their defense is bad, but this is, you know, that's something I can say about a lot of yeah. these AAC teams. But uh, if they want to make a jump, they're going to have to stifle down a defense. That's what separated Tulane last year uh, was their defense. Uh, So I think uh, if Memphis wants to make that jump from six and six and, you know, and get into a bowl to maybe eight, nine wins within their good years, they're going to have to play some better defense. Well, I think that's where the running game may help them with that. That's where I've seen their drop off. Their defense was never great, but it got turnovers, it forced sacks, Mm -hmm. you know, it it got plays. They played ball control. Yeah. And then they basically ran you to death and had some receivers who could, you know, hit huge uh, plays, and and it just seems to have gotten worse and worse and worse under Silverfield. So I'm curious if you can find a first coach fired in the AAC bet. uh, If this starts out poorly, I I, I think he might be uh, on that list. All right, let's go to Florida Atlantic. Um, Tom Herman coming in. Herman taking over here. uh, You know, probably back into where he likes to win games as a underdog. This team was, it, it started slow and sort of found its footing there towards the end. Does that continue uh, this year? Well, And can they, can, uh, let's say fringe contender for this I, AAC. I, I don't know about contender for the AAC. I think we've reached our drop-off point yeah. uh, after Memphis. Uh but I think they can make a bowl game. Okay. Uh, it, you know, I look, somehow uh, a quarterback that played for him while he was coaching at Texas, Casey Thompson, He's he's been around, he's been to Texas, he's been in Nebraska, and now he comes to Florida Atlantic with his old head it coach. It should be said he hasn't been good at any of those <laughs> plays. He couldn't even get on the field at Nebraska. So uh, I think he started a few games and then got benched. Yes. But uh, Florida Atlantic, uh, no, another chance, uh, but, you know, they, they lost a, some of their, you know, they bring back uh, 10 returning defensive starters, but uh, I think I think they've lost a couple to the transfer yes. portal. Um, and then they've, they've got to have some playmakers step up on offense, especially at the wide receiver position. You know, I say they bring in Casey Thompson, but they're going to need some yeah. wide receivers to help out with yes. that. Uh, I don't think T.Y. Hilton is, is eligible to come back. <laughs> I don't know. He, he might not be doing anything. I, so I, I think I think the ceiling for this team is six wins. I think six they can. Wins. I think maybe seven, but I think six is where they can get to. I, I'm curious. I, I thought you know, first glance and reading some stuff on them, I I thought they might uh, could get hot here or there and, and get to seven or eight. But you know, I. It's one of those things where I need to see him. Uh, but they do bring in a great coach. Yeah, that's well, what I like. Tom I think he Herman. had a kind of a. I didn't gig like him at Texas. Texas. <laughs> uh, I, I think this is where he does his best work uh, here at, at schools like this. Uh, we'll go to my darling from uh, last year, uh, eight and five last year, East Carolina. Uh, you know, a little disappointing in conference, but uh, nonetheless. Uh, 
I, I'm I'm a little scared we're going to drop back down yeah. a little bit here. We lost a lot of people from, uh, you know, that team last year. But I, I'm curious if Houston maybe can just sort of keep this going. Eight seems a bit extreme, but I, I think they could stay around six and seven if, if things go right. What do you make? Well, of Vegas this? has got the line at five and a half, yeah. so uh, Vegas definitely sees a drop off here. That, I mean, they're losing. They have a good home field too. So. Yeah, but they're they're losing their starting quarterback. Yes, their starting running back. They're losing two thousand yard wide receivers. Uh, their offense averaged thirty two points a game last yeah. year. There's no way they're repeating yeah. that this year, replacing all that talent. And, and, and last I checked, the the quarterback hasn't even been determined yet. They've, no. they've got they, a battle. They've we're got, in <laughs> we're in first four weeks of the season. A lot of yeah. <laughs> rotation. They, they've got Mason Garcia and Alex Finn both vying for the job, uh, and and you know. If they're going to pull off some wins here, their defense is going to have to yeah. step up because their offense is definitely going to drop off. No no way they're going to average over 30 points a game uh, replacing all that talent. Yeah. I just looked at that. those last three. If they have it together, FAU, Navy, Tulsa, maybe, uh, you know, come in there four and four, five, four and five, and, and get a couple wins if they're playing well. I, I don't think they'll start uh, the year all that great. I mean, they didn't even start. Uh, last year, all that great losing that stupid South Carolina game where they had 45 turnovers and still found a way to lose the game. Yep. Uh, but uh, I, I, I think I like Mike Houston, and I think he sort of maximizes talent. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious how he does here, replacing yeah, I mean, sort of the guys he brought in his first uh, sort of class, and if it can just be a churn thing where they're sort of six to eight uh, wins every year. Yeah, I, I it really just depends on if the newcomers on offense can perform yeah. like all the guys uh, they're replacing. Yeah, I definitely receiver room going to be hurt because a couple of those guys, uh, I, I wouldn't say NFL stars, but I think they'll hover around the uh, league for a little bit. Uh, Navy, uh, do, do we call it a rebuilding year? Uh, Ken's out. Yeah, I was sad, <laughs> sad to see Ken go because he'd been there, what, 15 years? Oh, he, been there a lot. Of, I was a teenager when he was there. So he'd been there a while. Maybe 20 years. Yeah, he'd been there a very, very long time. But they bring in the defensive coordinator that was already there yes. in uh, Brian Newberry. So it makes you wonder why they even fired the coach. Because I don't think you're going to see a lot of change here. So I, why fire the guy? But anyway. They might throw the ball three, four more times. Uh, I will say, you know, I pointed out the bad defenses yes. in the conference. This is one of the few teams yes. uh, that has a really good defense, but their offense uh, sucks. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> uh, that's why I said... They I, only I, averaged 20 points a game I think last they year. are going to... They'll run the option, but it might be a, a little more of a modern, let's call it modern-day option, yeah. where there are a couple more pass trinkets in there. Um Another team, this is another one. They don't have Tulane. They don't have UTSA yes. on their schedule. That's beneficial. So uh, that definitely, their over-under number sits at six and a half, which I think is factored into that. I don't know if they can make that jump, but you, like you said, defensively, yeah, they probably are, I, I want to say, uh, on that upper tier of teams in the AAC. So maybe they sneak out a couple games here, and that – I think that game at Memphis, week three, yeah. is huge. And uh, it, they always play that early morning uh, sort of start. So sometimes they get a little bit of advantage uh, there. So maybe uh, they can get to that win total, but I think it'll be a real struggle. It wouldn't be something I, I'd, I'd bet really, really heavy here uh, for sure. But we'll see how they do without Ken in there. Uh, 
definite uh, definite new era. I'm kind of sad. I, I am too, because <laughs> I, I think I just got used to seeing him over there in his sideline. With, side the, with, with the lay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we should probably go to another team we've, we've always sort of had a soft spot for. Maybe yeah. not as much as the Roadrunners, but I think... I think it's because we make a lot of money off North mm-hmm. Texas because uh, they seem to get beneficial odds and nobody pays attention to them. And then the, they're one of those teams that's always around six to eight mm-hmm. wins. Seven and seven last year. Uh, got off to a pretty slow start. Had a pretty difficult schedule to start the year. And then once they hit conference uh, play, they, they started playing real, real good uh, football. Coach Lee's brings in new guy here. I'm excited about this guy, though. Are you? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I'll tell you about Eric Morse a little bit. He played wide receiver for Mike Leach yes. at, at Texas Tech. Uh, very offensive-minded coach. Uh, he was actually, you know, we, we spoke about uh, uh, Texas State bringing yeah. in the coach from Incarnate Word last yeah. year. Uh, this guy, Eric Morse, he coached Incarnate Word the year before yes. in 2021. Uh, he's been the offensive coordinator at Washington State yes. last year. Uh, very offensive-minded. Um, but so I, I'm excited to see. I think they're going to score points, but their defense – Again, back to the terrible defenses in the AAC. Uh, they gave up uh, over six yards a snap yeah. last year, uh, which is not going to win. Uh, you know, I mean, they were seven and seven. They actually were near the top of the conference. Yeah. So uh, that just goes to show you that nobody in the conference plays defense that well. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I could, I think they could repeat what they did last year. Yeah. Maybe. I, well, I was on them last year as, as sort of a, a long shot uh, contender for Conference USA. They they fulfilled that in conference, you know, uh, non conference. Like I said, they got off to a slow start. Uh, can they get off to a little bit better start here? Do you, I, I know we've got a uh, cut the line, but do you think if, if this offense, tra- it's always hard for a first year. Do you think they could be? sort of a a long let's call them a long shot contender because i think they play better football than the last couple teams uh we talked about so i don't don't know know. they've got a really rough stretch uh into october into november they've got tulane memphis utsa smu all in a row uh that for that conference that could that could be murderer's row uh potentially losing all yeah. four of those games. Uh, they do bring in a quarterback transfer. They also close with UAB. So. <laughs> uh, their, their starting quarterback is going to be a guy, uh, uh, Chandler Rogers, quarterback out of ULM, yeah. uh, that's coming in. Uh, it's really just going to see how this uh, this offense works with the yeah. new head coach, I think. Yeah, I, I it's probably a wait and see. I probably won't be as aggressive on him as I have been in the past. Yeah. Just because I want to The potential for the drop-off is there. Yeah. Uh, I think they're doing good if they can repeat what they did last yeah. year. Uh, their number sits at six and a half, so it's sort of right where uh, they think they were last year. I'll be interested to see how they go. Well, we go to Temple here. Hard read on this one. Um not a great year uh, in the AAC. Probably too sort of big a jump. Uh, not yep. quality. Uh, but I, I I watched them a handful of times last year. I, I thought they were a little bit better than their record. I'm curious if that continues. This has sort of been a, a school that when it gets the right coach in there, they can sort of get decent players uh, into that Philly area. What do you make here out of Temple? Do they do they get to make that jump? Their win total goes to five here, so they think there's going to be a little bit of jump. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if I'm seeing it there. Uh, their their defense, another defense struggling, uh, allowed 
200 yards yeah. rushing per game last year. Uh, their leading tackler on defense uh, transferred to Wisconsin. Uh, he had like 20 tackles for loss almost, uh, and he's gone. Uh, they do bring back the rest of their defense, but it was a terrible defense, and they lost their one good player off of it. Uh yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm seeing five and five. Uh, you know, the three and nine was a little low yeah. for them last year. The five the five and a half wins is about typical for them. Uh, so maybe they creep back up closer to it. But I'd have to lean more under. Yeah, I. I it doesn't look like they have enough what I call guaranteed wins to yeah. hit that kind of high number. Uh, I'll be curious to see how they sort of grow from uh, last year's team. Uh, like I said, their record wasn't great, but the handful of times I watched them, uh, I thought they were a little better than what their record was. And another one of those teams, uh, they play in the NFL stadium, so they when they get that noon game at home and literally no one's there, yeah. it, it it doesn't make for a fun first half. Uh, I, I I always take first half unders in Temple noon games. Yeah, I, I you know they're definitely not going to be competing in the conference. No. Uh, they'll be trying to make a bowl game. That's yes, their goal, I, I believe. I think so. So uh, we'll move to Rice here. It. Five and eight. Uh, I think I thought they'd be a little bit better uh, than what their record was last year, but I, I don't think I'd call it a, a disappointing season. Uh, what do you see from Rice here? They return a lot of guys. I will say that. Yeah, and and, and guess who they're bringing in at quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> They've got a former USC, Georgia, West Virginia quarterback JT Daniels yes. coming into play here. Well, he uh, might finally get to actually play uh, a little bit. Well, Maybe. I think he, he started last year West Virginia, but then he got hurt, I yes. believe. Uh, he never really got to see the field much at Georgia. I don't. I, I watched him at, at West Virginia. <laughs> it wasn't exactly like he, he was lighting the field up. Uh, but you know they 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 they, they did get to a bowl yes. game last year with the, uh, they they only had their five wins but they did get to a bowl game. It uh, pays to be a smart school on that uh, sort of practice. Yeah, so I think this is a team looking to get some momentum and they bring in, I guess you could say, an experienced quarterback. I think he's going to be good in this conference. Um, but you know, again, defense gave up thirty five points yeah. per game, so they're going to have to outscore people. Yes. So uh, we'll we'll see if they can do that. What the line was at uh, six and a half? You said I, I believe so. Uh, so I I don't oof, I really don't see that. Yeah, uh, I think uh, sort of they were. Uh, I just thought they were disappointing last year. Uh, I, they had a little bit – it's hard to say higher expectation. I think people thought they'd win sort of seven games last year. They only ended up winning five. That defense was sort of prob part of the problem. Uh, they could put up some flashy offensive numbers, uh, but uh, I, I'm curious to see if there's an, any improvement this year as it sort of stays uh, the same with Rice. You know, four to six is yeah. where they live. All right, uh, let's go to UAB. Probably the <laughs> most interesting sort of team. Interesting coaching hire. Uh, go out of the bo <laughs> box, hire Trent Dilfer. Who, it, Who's been coaching high school yeah, academy. <laughs> I, he's been training quarterbacks, coaching high school academy. I, I don't want to say he has no knowledge of football. He's probably really really smart and when he was you know an announcer on like espn and the other shows he was actually one of the ones i could stand listening to him because he actually and he did win a super bowl and he did win a super bowl <laughs> the question probably becomes is he ready for this because this is kind of a big jump uh you know 
UAB under Bill was a, a very good, solid program, and I, I think you thought the drop-off last year wasn't going to be as big, and it's yeah. it sort of was. Uh, yeah. You know, they went from throwing out 10-2 and two years to 7-6. and six. Does it continue to fall here, or can Dilfer, you know? It's a big question, Mark, because they're really they're turning over their whole team. They've lost yeah. the uh, entire offensive line. The whole starting offensive line from last year is gone. They also lost their starting quarterback and their starting running back. Yes. So uh, it's really just a question mark on the talent uh, and, and if they can perform and, and what Dilfer's going to bring. And uh, that's the other thing. You know, Dilfer sort of has an in with all those sort of high school yeah. prospects because that's what he's been doing. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's been training those kids. So I – this is just a wild card. I have no clue what yeah, to expect. I, I think here. they could be they could be terrible. They could yeah. be near the top. I you mean. could tell me they could go back to winning, uh, you know, ten games a year, and I'd be yeah. And you could tell me they continue their slide, and it's you know two three wins, and you know it's going badly. I have no clue quite what to make of this. This is what I'm watching and seeing and make a judgment. You know, uh, five six games into the yeah, season. I, 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 I don't, I don't see them winning the conference. I, you know, I don't think they can go to win at Tulane. I don't think they can go win at UTSA. Oh, yeah. uh, but I mean, the rest of the conference games, yeah, they could, yeah. they could win, and, and and they could put them right there in a bowl game. It's another one that has a tough home uh, field as well. You mm-hmm. know, that, I think that's the thing. Some of these are hard to handicap because a lot of these teams are, are difficult to play at home. Uh, so, it, it it'll be interesting to see where they go. Uh, our fans, Charlotte. Um, newcomer. Yeah, newcomer. Uh, probably same comer. I <laughs> Charlotte sort of lives in the two to four win territory. I, I've got them. I haven't made any future bets yet, but I've I've got them bottom of the conference. Why uh, is a little confusing. It's one of the huge big cities in the south in a pretty big talented area, but. Uh, They've just never really been good, and well, it, it, and they've gone through coaches. It, well, it, talk it, about question mark. Uh, they brought in over thirty transfers this yeah. year. They've lost almost their entire roster from last year, uh, which wasn't very good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so I mean that could spell success, but they allowed forty points a game last year. Yeah. Uh, that's that's not going to win football games. I'm assuming bad, uh, even though their unis <laughs> and colors are cool. But uh, we'll see. New guy, but it seems to be a new guy every three or four years, and it's always between two <laughs> or four wins. Let's not linger on Charlotte <laughs> too much here. Okay, uh, South Florida, uh, <laughs> the once proud program that was. Uh, a new guy again. I, I feel like I say a new guy again. <laughs> South Florida, uh, pretty much every year for the last couple. Uh, yeah. They were awful last year. Um it's a hotbed of talent. They shouldn't be ever bad, but uh, they've been bad for a while now. Well, Any improvement? Well, there's only one way to go, and it's up because you can't <laughs> get much worse than one and eleven. Uh, you know, uh, offense coordinator uh, at Tennessee last year, Alex Golish, comes in as, uh, as as head coach. He knows the Florida area well because he uh, he came up with Hypel at, uh, yes. at Central Florida, so. You know, he, he knows the recruiting hotbed. I believe the coach um, last year also knew the recruiting hotbed area pretty well. <laughs> uh, you know, I just said Charlotte's off defense gave up 41 or 40 points a game. Uh, UCF gave up 41 points yes. a game. So they were even worse than Charlotte. But I, I think I think you move up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, maybe not a lot in year one, but I think you get uh, 
three wins. Okay, three wins. <laughs> Maybe four. I, I don't think they repeat one and 11 I again. I think they, I, you know, going by your, they're going to have to be better. This is... <laughs> This is not a small school that sits in a nothing area of football talent. Yeah. It, they Really, they should never be 1-11. I, I can handle I think, if you tell me they're 4 I think and, next to UCF, they yeah. have the highest enrollment in the state Correct. of Florida. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not a small, poor school. It's a huge school in the south of Florida, which is probably the biggest recruiting hotbed there is. So... I don't know why they fell this far. I can't say, but uh, it's... Was it about a a decade ago they were competing for New Year's Day bowl games? Yes, this was one of the original dominant small small school programs, but it it has not been good for a while now, and it seems to get worse and worse. So we'll see. Uh, Tulsa... uh, Another new coach. A new coach. Uh, he's, he's actually uh, Kevin Wilson. He spent the last five years the coordinator at Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, I Once again, I, I think Tulsa will be Tulsa. It probably will land somewhere between four and eight, and it'll be a, a little bit of randomness that yeah. tells you uh, if it's going to be a good season or a bad season. They lost a big chunk of their defense to the yeah. transfer portal. They're kind of becoming – They've, you know, a lot of these group of five schools, they're, they're jump off and landing spots. Yeah. So the guys that go to the power five that don't make it transfer down. And then the guys that are good enough to transfer up, transfer out. So we see a lot of changeups, but their offensive line last year was terrible. They yeah. gave up 45 sacks last year. Uh, and I, I, I just don't know. I mean, you know, they're replacing a lot of those guys. Maybe those guys are better, uh, but definitely another middle of the road yeah. team. Here. Uh, I mean, Honestly, watching them last year, five wins, I, I thought was a, a minor miracle. I thought they were really bad. So this team sort of just finds a way to win a handful of football games. And like I said, I, I think it's just it, it's a little bit of randomness whether they, you know, hit that six, seven win mark or, you know, it, it's sitting at four or five. Uh, you know, I, I it, it never seems to be rock bottom for them like South Florida's hit. But, yeah. uh, you know, it. it it has been really good for them, uh, you know, just a couple of years ago when they had that really, really good defense. But uh, we'll move on to the Mountain West here. Uh, but we might be talking about a, 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 a big five here <laughs> sooner or later for the uh, conference. I'm, I'm assuming the remaining Pac-12 are going to absorb into the Mountain West Which, or, uh, that, or the Mountain West are going to absorb them one or the other. That being said, uh, anyone who's watched these two conferences play football over the last, I don't know, 15 years, <laughs> probably already adjusted and was like, I think the Mountain West has just as many good football teams as the uh, Pac-12. But yeah. uh, nonetheless, uh, we'll start with Boise State. Uh, one, one thing before we get into this, uh, just, you know, it could put a little twist on the Mountain West season this year. Divisions are gone. Yes. It's just a 12-team conference now, which could make the scheduling a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where, you know, Boise State's typically been on the more beneficial side yes. of the That's correct. of the scheduling. So uh, I think it could make it a little bit more interesting. All right. So uh, I, I was disappointed in Boise State uh, last year. Now, granted, they still ended they up. Undefeated in the conference. Undefeated in the conference. Uh, but it, it was never 
what can I say? It, it was always a little rugged. Uh, yeah. Now some, uh, some I, I should say, all of that was quarterback play, I, I think, mm-hmm. initiated. They finally went uh, to the quarterback who they should have been playing uh, to start. Yeah. Uh, Taylor uh, Green. Now he's a little, uh, well, he was raw last year. I don't yeah. know what he is this year, but he's a playmaker. He's a good dual threat yes. playmaker. And if that passing comes around, they yeah. always have playmakers on the outside and solid running game. I think the defense uh, was probably as disappointing as I've seen a Boise State defense be uh, since they really sort of have... I mean, that late 90s jump when Boise State sort of started to make a name for themselves. It, they seem to give up more and more big plays than I'd, well, I'd ever seen Boise it's, State. It's do. interesting you say that because I looked at their defense and, you know, the defense did lose them some games, yeah. but it, it was low-scoring yeah, games. Yeah. They actually gave up. They didn't actually give up that many no. yards. It was big plays. Yeah, it was it weird, was weird big stuff. Plays. Uh, you know. Uh, now some of that could have been you know the quarterback making turnovers in the defense, but it was just it wasn't a Boise State defense. I, yeah. I was sort of used to seeing linebackers making big tackles, corners isolated one on one. You know they've been running pro defenses since you know the mid nineties, and it just seemed like those corners were not of the level of past Boise State corners, and they were getting beat on those big plays. So what do you make of them this year? Uh, I I think they're going to compete for the conference. Yes. I've, I've got them near the top. I, I think the talent coming back on offense, yes. the, they're going to have a rhythm there this year that they didn't have at the beginning of last season. Uh, so I, I, I think they're going to perform well. We're going to know really quick off the bat they got Washington and UCF early mm-hmm. in, in non-conference. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I think I think they could definitely go undefeated in conference play again this yeah, year. Yeah, I it probably sort of depends what you think of a couple others. The Central Florida game, I, I think, pretty much summed up Boise State's whole season where they melted down and blew that game. Yeah, uh, Air Force ten and three really really played well. It's it's been a couple good years here for Air Force. Couldn't uh, they started to tail off towards that tail end of the mm-hmm. conference, but uh, you know it, it's. It's hard to sort of judge this team. I I think they'll be what Air Force usually is. Ten wins seems like a, a bit of a jump, but Troy Calhoun always has these guys ready to go yeah. and playing good football. I, I think it might drop back down after a couple good years here for uh, Air Force to more the seven eight wins. But uh, you think uh, Air Force can climb I, into that I, I nine like, ten I, again? I like Air Force. I, I th- I've got them right behind Boise okay. again um, here. I just I think they've got two guys. Uh, coming back on their offensive line that are uh, all Mountain West. Yes. Um, and they had only gave up 13.5 points per game on yeah. defense, and, that, and they bring back a lot of that defense. The question is, is it, are they going to have that leader yeah. at quarterback? Uh, we're, we're, I'm, I'm not sure who their, their quarterback is going to be, uh, and they're changing their running back. Yeah. Uh, so the offense is, can they replace what they did on offense yeah. last year? But, you know, they only need to score – 20 yeah. points usually with the, the strength That's of their defense. That's been their jump the last uh, couple yeah. of years to that sort of 9-10 mm-hmm. when Mark is their defense had been approved. It's a little hard to gauge the offense because it's always been a little plug and play. You go like, well, you know, new quarterback, new running back, but it's guys who, you know, run the option and mm-hmm. have been doing the same thing for forever. So, it, you know, uh, it, I guess there's a little bit of this guy runs it a little better than this guy, but it's a little plug and play. But as long as their defense stays steady, I get, 
you're probably right. They yeah, can't I, stay I, in that nine, ten win. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe a ten, eight, nine. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit of a drop up, but probably not a huge amount. Yeah. All right, uh, we go here to San Diego State. I, I think this was really uh, sort of disappointing for them last year. Uh, it was sort of the worst I'd seen them in a while, and probably yeah, their offense was lousy. Uh, Sort of the worst I'd seen of the Brady Hoke era, either one, the first one or this one. Uh, their offense always, you know, isn't, uh, what do we want to say, great. Uh, but it, it was beyond pale of being even functional last year. So can uh, San Diego State here bounce back and get back on track? Or is this sort of where they're going to live here in that sort of seven-win territory with a handful of disappointing losses? Yeah, I, I've got them as the first drop-off uh, kind of after Air Force, Fresno, yeah. and Boise. I think they're kind of – I think there's a big drop. Yeah. And then you kind of land here with uh, San Diego State and a few other teams. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I don't think they're going to get to that 8-9 and, and compete and push Air Force up there. I think, I think you may even see a little bit of a regression getting to you know five or six wins yeah. this year. Uh, I, just a lot of pieces left this team, and and I, I, I don't think they have a great coach. I, I'm curious if <laughs> I you know I I think this is I, I don't want to insult Brady Hope because he's been good for San Diego State both times when he was there, left, went to Michigan, came back, and, and kept the program doing well but i'm wondering if that message is sort of a little stale yeah uh, now because it, it's been it's been three or four years i think we had high expectations yes, for them going did. into last year yeah. they were one of the teams we had picked high it's 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 been a regressing offense that's getting worse and worse each and every year and, and they and they haven't had that you know before that, they had at least an NFL-level running back, yeah. uh, and, and they haven't had that, and, and you can't be basing your hopes on an NFL running back every year, and I, I thought their line keeps getting worse and worse. So I'm wondering if this gets a little stale. And well, and they also— sort of uh, Where they live. That A lot of the wins they got yet last year were, were close wins. Yeah. Uh, they didn't cover spreads very yeah. well, so I, it, that could transition into losses yeah. and cause an even bigger drop-off. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if uh, that's uh, where they are or where they aren't. Uh this one uh, was one I was high on last year that they thought Wyoming was going to drop, and I was like, Wyoming doesn't drop. One, it's too hard to go there and play football games. And, and two, they Craig Bowl just seems to have yeah. a functional program that, you know, at its worst probably wins five games and at its best can sort of scrap together eight, nine wins. Uh, seven and six last year on a rebuilding team, I I, I – I'd be amazed if they could get to yeah. that seven again. But like I said, it, it is very difficult to go in Laramie, and there's going to be a couple games where the wind is blowing 50 miles an hour well, and, and no one can score and, points. And, and so. the thing is, is the strength of this team is their defense. Yeah. They play great defense. They've sort of become what San Diego yeah. State used to they, be. They bring back all of their defense for the most part. Um, they, their quarterback comes back, but he was not great uh, uh, liked, he was capable to give of, the ball to the other team he was capable of taking a snap that was <laughs> yeah. uh, if, if they can improve on offense a little bit i see they they can maybe yeah. repeat with last year yeah. i've got them in the same clump as san diego state uh at best they repeat what they did last yes. year but they could fall off uh, 
I'll put it this way. Watching them, because I took a lot of unders and I took a lot of Wyoming, there were times where I thought they would be better off just kneeling and punting the ball than literally running off into place. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I am curious to see where they land here. Uh, Jeff Tedford, Fresno State, comes in here 10-4 and four last year, 7-1, uh, sort of after... Uh, I don't know what to call it the year before. Uh, a lot of people got hurt, so yeah. the year before was a throwaway. Back on track um, last year. Does it continue here? I, I know they've lost. A, they lost the two. offense is not yeah. the offense that it's been, so well, Jake, does it pop back? At Jake Hayner went to the NFL. Jalen Morrow uh, Cropper went to the NFL, so big-time quarterback, big-time yeah. wide receiver are gone. Um Looks like they're going to start the quarterback transfer yeah. from UCF. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he steps in and keeps that offense rolling. But, um, you know, they, they they brought back a lot of their players on defense, but uh, most of their secondary is gone. Yeah. Uh, I think losing your secondary and replacing a lot of people on offense is going to be it's going to be just too tough of a combination to overcome and repeat what they did last year. I, I'm interested to see where this team sort of lands. Uh you know, I, I they lost a lot of that offense, but the one thing I, I trust Jeff Tedford to do is yeah. put people into offensive positions and score points. Like you said, they lost a lot of their secondary. So I, I'm wondering if they can hold up and if it's a lot of sort of games where their offense plays well, but they can't hold up and, and lose mm -hmm. a, a couple games on the last couple possessions there. So it'll be interesting to see where they fall. I, I definitely think they're... A, a contender up there. The other one, I, I think, I don't know if I put them as a contender or not, but it, it's just been a weird sort of ride with San Jose State. Uh, you know, two years ago, they were the talk of the town. The year before that, they yeah. were awful. And then last year, they so -so. were sort of medium, and, and they come out and they could win a game that you wouldn't think they could win, and then they'd randomly lose a game. I think they're going to be a pretty good football team this year. I think they're sort of a – I don't want to call them a, a contender contender, but I, I think if sort of things fall right like it did for them, uh, you know, I think it was three years ago, I think they could be in that sort of, you know, eight, nine win territory if everything falls well for them. And yeah, I mean, they, they won seven games last year, uh, but, you know – Three of their losses were by eight points or yes. less, so they really had an opportunity to get to ten wins last year, uh, with with some close ones going their way. Uh, they did lose some key pieces on defense. They lost two guys, accounting for almost seventeen sacks. And when they've been good, their defense has been yeah. Good. So if they can, we'll see if they can replace that talent. One thing I look at: they've got Boise, they've got Fresno, they've got Air yeah. Force, they've got San Diego State. A uh, really tough conference schedule, and and you know at they, UNLV, <laughs> and they didn't do themselves any favors starting off the year with USC and Oregon yes, State. Yes, I know. Uh, so I, 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 at Toledo's not very funny either. So. I, those three of those four that I named, I think, are losses. Those two are losses. You're already at your loss yes. total from last season with some other games that could go either yeah. way. I, I I don't see them moving any further past seven and five. Yeah, I think. They'll hover right around where they were last year, but I, I, I'm interested to see what this team brings. Uh, Utah State, um, Blake Anderson comes here for his third season. Um, well, two years ago they two years ago they were over eleven games. Yeah, 
I, uh, I don't know if I'd call them underachievers last year because I, I think it's sort of balanced out more with what we thought they were going to be two years ago. I, I think this is the year where we sort of see, you know, uh, if Blake can sort of re-fire Ag- the Aggies back to what he had them. Well, his, uh, his offensive coordinator left for Indiana, yeah. uh, and I've read that he's taking over the – offensive play calling so uh that it could be good or bad it's yeah it's how he made his name but <laughs> uh they did lose a lot of guys to the transfer portal um and uh their defense last year allowed 10 more yeah. points than their offense average so mm-hmm. uh they're gonna have to flip that script a little bit uh they're not gonna get up to that 11 win total no. they had a couple years ago uh but i definitely see could see them in could, this range could they get nine I don't think so. You don't think so? No. That's what I'm. I I think you'd. I, I mean, Vegas has the over under at five and a half, yeah. which is basically putting them repeating what they did last year. I don't know if they fall that far. Um, their non conference is actually pretty favorable yeah. compared to other teams in this conference, so they're going to be, uh, should I say, fresher for yeah. the conference games because they're not going to have these uh, powerhouse teams. They're going to play them in all. I mean, their non conference is Connecticut and Idaho State. They got James Madison, which yeah. that's a good one, but. Uh, uh, it's not Oregon and, yeah. and, and USC. And, and it's at and, home. Uh, yeah. They should beat James Ma- If If they're going to get to you know yeah. an 8-9 win mark, they need to beat James Madison at their home place in Logan. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think Boise will be around you know their normal 10-win mark, but I, yeah. I think that second-place spot, it it's probably a couple teams hovering to need that 9-win to get yeah. to that championship. I, I like Fresno the best. Well, Fresno and Air Force, I think, are yeah. the first two. And then you've got... A slew of like five teams yeah. that could get right in there as yeah. well. It probably sort of means how injuries go, how the season starts. Uh, Colorado State, uh, second year for Jay Norvell. Um, this used to be a pretty good program. It hasn't been a good program for a pretty long time. Uh, they were pretty awful last year. Yeah. I, I will say they were at least tried hard. They got railed every game but they didn't quit uh improvement or just their offensive line gave up uh 59 sacks last year uh it was it was tough to watch they only scored 13 and a half points per game uh i said not good tried hard not good uh they they do return a wide receiver last year they got a little over 1100 yards in uh troy horton so they got that going for them. Do they them. have a quarterback that can throw on the ball? That uh, was an issue last we, year. We, we will see. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sold on this team. I, I I think we could see a lot of the same this year. Yeah. Uh, I I thought the four-and-a-half win total was a, a little That's a little, little aggressive. Steep. I, I, it probably depends what you think of Jay Norvell. I don't think a ton, so I, I think we'll sit there and, and be. Speaking uh, of Jay Norvell. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Jay Norvell. Yeah, his former team. Yes. Uh, Nevada, 2-10. and ten. Definite uh, what the hell happened here last uh, year. Was this one of my big failures last year? I think I had some futures on Nevada. I think you did, but I, I don't. <laughs> I, just, I had a lot of swings and misses last season. But I... I I don't think anybody foresaw the 0-8 conference record. Uh, honestly, I don't know what the hell happened to them last year. I mean, even Nevada at its worst is a six-win team usually. Yeah. So this was a complete and utter drop. I don't know if this is just 
going to become the thing and they're going to mosey off into irrelevance. I find that hard to believe, uh, but I don't know. Uh, last year yeah. was so bad. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if Ken Wilson can get this right. Everything was bad. Uh, last year, yeah, they're they're bringing in um, a lot of transfers. Uh, I think their starting quarterback and running back are both coming from the portal. Uh, that could be good. Uh, defense gave up thirty, a little thirty-one points a game. They only scored eighteen points per game. That spells a lot of losses. Um, I mean, just a quick glance at their schedule. I'm seeing two to four wins. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what it turns into. Definitely. Uh, uh, I, I think if you don't get above that four-win mark, we could yeah. be looking at another coach. Yeah. Uh, I just – there's not much I can give because yeah. I was so stunned at how bad it was last year. And, uh, I just didn't quite understand. All right. Uh, one of your favorite teams. One of my favorites. We, we go to UNLV. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if we call them the darlings of the Mountain <laughs> West, but the, they did win five games. Uh they were pretty entertaining. Well, I, I will say that uh, they started off the year four and yes, one, uh, uh, but then went on a one and six stretch well, to they, finish the season. They started playing real teams <laughs> all of a sudden. Uh, uh, I think I lost a lot of bets here on this one. I, I five was be about where I see them again this year. Uh, Barry Odom comes in. I was never a huge fan at Missouri. I don't know. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of defense and running. I was big on them last year. Uh, big to, you know, five to seven wins. They got the five. Um, I, I don't, I I would be stunned if they could get to six wins. I think this is about a three or four win team. They hit their max sort of last year, but uh, we'll see if they can come back and be spunky. Uh, UNLV has gone through a lot of coaches who've had big names, and no one yeah. has seem to be able to find the right formula to build them into uh, a consistent winner. Um, speaking of <laughs> no one can build into a consistent winner, uh, New Mexico, I think they had a year with Brian Urlacher where they were like six, maybe seven wins. But uh, they were awful last year, 0-8 in conference as well. Yeah, um, they'll be competing with Nevada for I, the bottom. I foresee them to be <laughs> awful again uh, this year. Uh, anything uh, they, they were kind of explosive on offense well, sort of well they're bringing in uh, <laughs> they're bringing in the offensive coordinator from UAB yeah. and the quarterback from UAB yeah. with him and uh, Dylan Hopkins so uh, we'll see if that brings a little bit of a spark to the I, offense I, that's, I remember watching them a couple times yeah. and occasionally they could hit big plays on offense if I'm being kind to something they did Semi okay, but uh, they did lose everything on defense. Yes. Uh, so they're which wasn't to, that good to begin yeah. with, mind so, you. So uh, I, I think they're going to have to get a spark on offense to to move up any. But I, I've got them bottom of the barrel. This is going to be a bad team, uh, and they won't be able to beat them. Uh, this is kind of a fun one. Uh, Timmy Chang in his second year here. Uh, not a great year for the Rainbow Warriors, but... Uh, this is a team that benefited from uh, Nevada being terrible because yes. they got the win over Nevada. They uh, they got the win over UNLV. Yeah. Uh, gave them a little bit of momentum at the end of the year. Uh, but they their defense, you know, in the Mountain West was dead last in yeah. the conference. 
I'm curious to see if they can find some sort of even ground. Uh, you know, I, I always love Timmy Chang when he was playing quarterback out of Hawaii. We'll see if he can sort of get them flying, yeah. you know, June Jones style again. He, he's he's trying to implement the, the, the kind of run and shoot yeah. that he did, but uh, they don't really have the personnel to execute yeah. that, it yet. That's the problem. Timmy <laughs> Chang can't go in there and play quarterback with Devon Betts and uh, such. Uh, and, and as always, you know, the – they have road struggles because they have to come from Hawaii to play games yeah. on the mainland, which never makes things easy. Uh, this is sort of wait and see. I think they'll be better than the three and ten they were last year, yeah. but I don't know if they'll be much better. Uh, I, six wins would be a stretch for me to get to a bowl game, but oh, yeah. maybe they can do it. Yeah, I mean the the lines at three and a half. They won three last year, yeah. so a little bit of improvement yeah. there. I think is possible. Yeah, definitely so. All right, that wraps up the Mountain West. Let's get into our NFL preview, and let's get into the NFC North. Uh, we'll start out with the NFC North favorites, and uh, I, I, I don't know if we get to say this a whole <laughs> lot, but uh, somehow the Detroit Lions oh. are NFC North favorites. But uh, judging by the teams in these leagues, that doesn't make uh all that much basically i think i could pretty much sum that up for the, all the nfc um well I, I looked it up and uh the lions um the more, a team that has more recently won this division than the lions was the tampa bay buccaneers when this was the central uh division uh, it's been like 30 years i think since uh, the lions yeah. have won this division so it'll be a sight to see if they can pull that off lions uh nine and a half win total uh Bring back the offense that was really soft. I, I probably should say bring back the offensive coordinator, which was the main thing. Had to pay him a lot of money. Uh, defense uh, appears to be growing. Can we buy the Detroit Lions as a, a lit, legit contender here in the NFC? Uh, I I don't know. They're they're they they've got. Uh, David Montgomery coming in at uh, running back and, and, you know, rookie Jameer Gibbs that they just got. Uh, you know, Jamison Williams suspended yeah. the first six games. Uh, After like, missing pretty much all last year being yeah. hurt. But they uh, they did bring back the old vet, uh, old-time uh, Detroit line and Marvin Jones. Yes. Uh, so I, I like to see that. Uh, but, you know, their defense is kind of where they were lacking last yeah. year. They're, they're kind of shoring up some of those problems. They brought in uh, some corners uh, uh, to help with that. They got uh, Sutton in there yeah. at corner. Uh, so maybe they've, they've shored up some of their defensive problems. But, um, I, you know, I, I do see them winning this division. Yeah. What they can do beyond that is still a question mark in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I, I would – I would not be betting on this team because I, I don't think it presents a lot I, of value. I think their schedule was pretty yeah. tough. Uh, I mean, outside of their division, anyway. That's what I, I, I just don't see any value here in taking these Lions, even as bad as, I mean, the NFC is. Uh, it's it just, it, it would be hard for me to believe that they'd go on a run here. But you know, when you start stacking up teams' rosters and depth charts, it, it probably is one of the better collections of talent in the NFC. So yeah. I, you have to take them serious in the way they finished last year. Uh, 
And I and, certainly and I the, don't take them as a joke. Well, and the players love their coach. Yeah, I mean he's definitely a player's coach. Mm, so, now whether uh, he can manage end of game situations, I, I would like to know. Uh, certainly uh, betting wise, but uh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see if Goff can uh, repeat his yeah. resurgence that he brought in last year. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we'll move on to the next one, and we'll go to uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Dalvin Cook. Out of here, Kirk Cousins uh, somehow remains he, <laughs> the Michael Myers of the NFL quarterbacking uh, world. Uh, Jordan Jefferson here, uh, you know, this team basically won every well, one possession game they had this, this and team, they got reeled in the playoffs. This team had no business getting the win-loss record yes. that they had last year. Uh, they went 11-0 and in one-score yes. games last season, which is pretty much mathematically and statistically impossible to repeat uh, this year. And not to mention, uh, I think uh, they had a top five in schedule difficulty jump from last year to this year. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think this could be a big drop-off for the Vikings this year. Yeah, I, I think we go back to... Oh, and, you, you know, you talk about Cook gone, but yeah. uh, Thielen's gone yeah. as well. Uh, I, Well, I mean, the drop-off from, you know, Jefferson to the others... Yes, but uh, Thielen, I, I didn't think, had been great the last yeah. couple of years. So I sort of want want on that, but I, I'm sort of want want on the Vikings. I, I think we just sort of go back to what they've been, you know, the previous. Yeah. However, their long defense is lousy. Torturous has been with Kirk Cousins. It's probably a seven, eight, nine win team. Uh, they'll look good sometimes they'll look awful sometimes and then they'll probably make the playoffs and lose in the wild card round i i i mean i i will say this the defense you know four or five years ago was one of the better defenses yeah, in the nfl old. and it seems to keep getting worse and worse and they don't seem to be replacing those guys so i could you see where they dropped to maybe the to bottom of this division if things go bad uh yeah, potentially. Mm-hmm. I think I think uh, I think uh, Chicago's probably going to be improved, and I, th- I think the big question mark is where Green Bay falls. Yeah, I yeah, uh, I I'm curious too if they get off to a bad start because I think two years ago they got off to that bad start and then closed uh, really really well. If, if they sort of go into tank mode and sort of go, it, it's time for a reset and refresh. And finally, the Cousins area is over, and they sort of try to make that chase to get Caleb Williams in there. Yeah. I'd be very interested in that. Um, we'll go on to our next team, and we'll go to the aforementioned Green Bay Packers. Uh, totally new era. Um, I, I think the defense will be... One of the better ones in the NFC. Uh, The defensive coordinator is gone, thank God, because he was awful with the talent they have. I think this defense has a whole lot of talent. Flip over to the offensive side of things, I have no idea. Maybe they can run the ball with Jones. and. Yeah, I mean, they've got a great offensive line. Or, I mean, the okay offensive line. I, I don't say great. They're they're solid. Depends they're, how healthy Bakhtari is. Yeah, they're not the worst, and they've got a good running back. But, um, you know, Rodgers left because yeah. they didn't put weapons around yeah. him. And they bring in Love, who only has one career start, to deal with. I mean, all of these receivers would be, at best, a number two. Yeah. 
anywhere else in, yeah. in, in, in NFL football. I, I don't think they have a dominant go-to guy. I mean, Watson's okay. He's but, explosive. Uh, he doesn't have Rodgers throwing him the ball no. this year. That's, uh, <laughs> it, it's Some of this is what you I, – I think projecting them is so, – some of this is what you predict of Jordan Love. But, you know, I, I hear a lot of people comparing, you know, the Love situation to the Rodgers situation. Uh, but yeah. Jordan Love barely played college football. He had one – I, I think I one would, season. I wouldn't even say great season. He had yeah. one season where he showed potential. He was able to move around. He has the cannon arm. He looked like an NFL quarterback. But comparing this to like an Aaron Rodgers situation, who was one of the most dominant college quarterbacks in the last 30 years, yeah. uh, is not the same thing. I, I don't know if he comes in and starts throwing BB darts, you know, into a window this big like Aaron Rodgers did. And the other thing, I'm curious how long a leash, yeah. because the option is there for Jordan Love. They don't have to sign him next year. Yeah, it's he's on of, the end of his deal. Yeah, it's sort of a make a break. They and could if, go full rebuild. And if he's not any good, you, you randomly throw him. I mean, the starting quarterback money on the bottom end is now like $25 million a year. Yeah. I don't know if you do that he, if think, you don't see anything here. Yeah, I mean, you're going to really have to see some stuff to give him yeah. that kind of money, I think. Yeah. Uh, what do you think this team... Can they just win games on their defense and their running game? Because I, I think that's what they're going to try to do here. And they might be able to, especially in this sort of poor NFC East. Like, <laughs> You know, I hate to say this, but they, they do kind of remind me of my favorite team in the NFL. Coincidentally enough, their head coach yeah. came from my team, uh, uh, the Tennessee Titans. They're going to run the ball. Yeah. They're going to throw in some play action. They're not going to put too much pressure yeah. on their quarterback. But in this day and age, and the NFL is what it is now, that doesn't win many football yeah. games unless you have the best offensive line and running back in the game, and yeah. I don't think they have that. I'm curious to see where they fall. I, I'm curious to see Jordan Love play football, uh, you know, because uh, we haven't seen him play football in four years. And I I, I thought he was solid. I thought it was a, a little bit where he should have come back. But, you know, you're a first-round pick. You yeah. take it where you can. But I'm interested to see uh, where this team is because I, I could see it falling off a map, and I could also see him, you know, winning 10, 11 games and winning yeah. the <laughs> NFC North, especially with that defense and as poor as it is. So uh, interesting it, it will be for uh, Green Bay here. And then this possibly is really the most interesting team in the North because yeah. this really could go many, many different ways. Uh, they spent money uh, in the offseason. Sort of rebuilt that defense, rebuilt the line. I think they're still trying to do yeah. a lot of the rebuilding yep. process yes. here, though. And, and you know, Fields is in year three and already. We're talking about like making a quarterback decision. Yeah. I This is it. I, it, just, it just feels like it's, you know, I, I don't know, perception-wise, it feels like Fields just got here and they're still building this team around him, but it's year three with yeah. Fields. And it, like I said, I, I think it's now and, and you know, if they don't get the pieces around him, his rookie deal is going to be up. And yeah. then, you know, do you pay him that kind of money and I, not have the team around him? Well, that's – I'm very interested because, you know, you, you you see athleticism and plays from fields. But, I, I mean, if you go back and watch any of their games – now, some of that has to do 
with weapons and the line. Yeah. You know, he, he wasn't given, but they didn't even want to throw the ball last year. So mm-hmm. what is that this year? Is he even capable? Now, you know, they added more uh, from Carolina. Claypool comes in there. Uh, Mooney's in there. Cole Kement's in there. They, I, I wouldn't say it's high-end weapons, but that's three receivers that have to be respected, and Moore's a fringe one. I, I yeah. thought he was really good at Carolina. Uh, I'm just, I don't know. This team could be two wins, and it could be ten wins. Yeah. I think they're going to have a solid defense. Uh, they shorted up. I thought yeah. Edwards and Edmonds were both great additions yeah. uh, at the linebacker position. Um, but still got a lot of room to improve, especially in the secondary. Uh, but I, I still think they're going to try to play this kind of small ball stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and it's going to really rely on fields carrying yeah. them. And it's a lot of pressure on him. Um, we'll see. I think, you know, I think they have more upside than the Vikings or the Packers. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, definitely so. All right. So close out the NFL. Give me your... Uh, sort of order here for the uh, NFC North. Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm going to go Lions, Bears, Vikings, Packers. Well, this is going to be fun. Uh, we at least both have the Lions. I'm going Lions, Packers, Vikings, Bears. So <laughs> I think that pretty much sums up yeah. uh, the uh, <laughs> NFC just in a whole. Uh, maybe one good team, and then I think we, we think the second place team could be last. <laughs> the last place team could be second. So uh, that wraps it up. We got all our previews done. We had to got sort, a lot of college football yeah, there. We 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 had to double it up. We'll be yeah. back to uh, you know maybe two uh, teams next week uh, for uh, the Wager Zone. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe and watch all of our shows. You can catch our winning daily picks. Uh, Dynamite David will be uh, with, up with his picks uh, tomorrow. I'll have my picks uh, probably late Friday. Uh, you'll want to get in on those. Uh, all sorts of soccer coming up this weekend. I might dial back into my NFL prison since it was what I came out with a profit margin uh, on to start the year. But like, subscribe. That's our show and we're out. Strip's where I'm going to land. Only the word is crash.